We open on a shot of the clear blue sky. Narks, large white birds native to the sky ocean, wheel overhead and perch on the masts of tall ships. We pan down to see the hustle and bustle of the port city docks. Stevedores load and unload ships that creak and groan, straining against strange gravitic tides, bobbing on endless puffy white clouds that stretch as far as the eye can see. Skyfish swim among and even above the clouds, darting between ships' rigging, their multicolored tendrils flashing in the morning light. The camera pans around to see a group of fresh sailors, the party among them, being led by the beast along the docks to see the ship being loaded. Your captain takes a deep breath of the acrid cloud sea air and smiles, then turns to the crew and says, Aye, ain't she a beauty? And he gestures to his ship. His ship? The Queen Marie is named after the Queen of Radon herself, and was commissioned by her, and the keel was laid down, like, 30 years ago. She's an old ship, originally commissioned as a sloop of war, but later modified to be a vessel built for speed and maneuverability, especially when cutting upwind. The captain gives you all, like, the basic specs of the ship. Of course, a lot of you don't understand it, but he gives you, like, the basic rundown of how the ship is controlled. And then he, he says, I'll have the bosun clue you in on the rest. Of course, you and you, and he points towards the, the Rambler and Slim. I'll get you situated with the Navigator, and you, Mr. Rambler, we can talk in my cabin and all. Get you a cabin of your own. You're not exactly an officer. There aren't officers per se aboard my vessel, but you're a specialist. All right, all right, all right. Follow me. And he turns and starts walking up. The The bosun approaches you. The bosun is a human. Looks pretty old. He's, he's getting up there in years. He's got a white beard, hair pulled back in a ponytail. And he's taking a swig from a bottle with rope wrapped around it. And he says, all right, so you're, you're what's left. And he's looking at Dorian, Adele, and Azazel. And he kind of puts his hands together and rubs them. And you notice his hands are like calloused and, and like dirty. And he says, I hope you all like hard work. It's going to be a lot of hard work on this ship. And then you hear behind him someone go, oh, my God. Bozen, why is this so heavy? What did you pack in here? And it's it's this guy hoisting a barrel. And the, the bosun turns and says, I don't know, ask the cook. That's one of the food barrels. And the guy shouts back, What food barrel is this heavy? And then you hear the cook shout from behind another stack of barrels, Careful with those! Careful with those! Those are my apples! And the sailor looks back at him like, Apples? Why do we need apples on a ship? And the cook says, I'm saving them for a special occasion. And the crewman says, oh my, okay, okay, fine. And he like stumbles and says, fine, we'll load your apples. What? They don't even keep that well. And the cook pats him on the back and says, don't worry about it. They'll be delicious when we, when we make landfall. Once we cross the apocalypse reach, I'll, I'll bust them out. I'll put them in your porridge. It'll be great. Trust me. And the, and the crewman is like, oh God, all right, fine. Just Break my back in the process. How are apples so heavy? He hoists it all the way up the gangplank. And the, the cook walks over to the rest of the party. By the rest of the party, I, of course, meet Dorian, Adele, and Azazel, because those are the people still outside. 
and uh, uh, he rubs his hands together and says, Well, I guess you all be experiencing my cooking for the first time. I hope you like salt pork and ground up oats, because that and ship's tack and a lot of rum is about all we'll be having. Well, not so much rum, that will be rationed, but beer. Do you all like beer? Never had one. Well, incredibly weak berry beer is what we got, so it'll be great. You'll love it, I'm sure. And he turns around and says, Take good care of it, Bozen. And Bozen says, I'll try. And he leads you up onto the, uh, onto the gangplank. It's called uh, liquid bread for a reason. <laughs> the boat starts to get underway. They hoist the gangplank. They start unfurling the sails. The ship has a, has a specialty rig, so it, it doesn't take all that many men to operate, but there are still many men on board. Even so, the ship is still undercrewed. It could have a higher complement, but the amount of crew it has right now is still enough to man the, man the sails during all watches. You all get on board, and once the ship is underway, the ship is underway, and the, you all get the feeling that there's no turning around, there's no going back. As you see landfall recede into the distance, and the billowing smoke, smokestacks of Port City, disappear on the horizon. The first day... First day passes pretty quick. It's mostly being taught the ropes, literally and figuratively. The bosun is kind of breaking you guys in as new sailors, and it is... Joe, I'd like to note that I think Dorian feels a tad bit seasick. Oh yeah, the ship rocks and, and moves with the waves all the time. He he shakes his head and says, Anything to help with seasickness? The bosun squints at you, hands him, hands him his bottle. What is in it? My rum ration. He, he takes a swig and I think like wipes off his mouth and says, Got any ginger? Uh... You'd have to ask Cookie, but it, now's not really the time. You're on watch. Right. Might have to start making do with what we have. I'll, I'll survive. If somebody's not on watch and will be willing, ask the cook for ginger. That should help with seasickness. I want to add that uh, Zizel is having difficulties as well. Um, he's definitely showing the same signs of seasickness that uh, Dorian is. The bosun kind of shakes his head and says exasperately, Landwalkers, you'll get used to it, just focus on your work, and it'll go away. If it doesn't, we'll drop you off at next port. God damn it, this happens every time. Alright, alright, now focus up, focus up, we need to learn our knots. So, he works you really hard, all day, you're up with the bosun, trying to memorize knots and uh, uh, dealing with the realities of living on a ship. It's kind of complicated at first, but you start getting into the swing of things. It's mainly just do what he says and pull on ropes and tie them down and move them. Sometimes he orders you up on into the rigging and shimmying up the mast is like, it's a little scary because it's up to like 80 feet high. It's really tall. You see other other sailors like shimmying around up like the nets and like all kinds of places just fine. Uh, the first time one of them gets up there, they just look up and they see in the crow's nest, uh, they're slim. 
<laughs> just looking down at him. Also, every every so often, uh, Rambler will just disappear for an hour or two. Uh, and some of you notice, uh, there's a rope off the back of the ship leading to a much smaller, uh, kind of, basically large rowboat-sized, uh, ship attached to the back. Wait, you have your own boat on the back of the ship? Huh. So the, the whole day is basically just work, 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 and, it, and it's busy. The funny thing, one of the first things the bosun asks you is, uh, how do you feel about tar? Yeah, just as he asked that, I think Azazel throws up. <laughs> the bosun, instead of being disgusted or anything, just bursts out laughing. Uh, I, I'm sorry, that's the, uh, that's the seasickness. I assume so. Don't worry, someone will mop it up. Alright, focus up, how do you feel about Tar? You and Tar are gonna be best friends. Gonna see it everywhere, we put it on the ropes, it helps lacquer the deck. Uh, it's part of our fireproofing. Tar is everywhere. You'll get the smell of it, you'll get it under your fingernails permanently. So, it ain't clean on a ship, alright? Don't get the impression it is. Only time you're bathing is in port. So get used to it. Am I clear? Yeah. Good. Doesn't wait for a response from the rest of you and keeps keeps teaching you stuff. After a day of just the bosun, like, riding y'all like cattle, when you finally get get set to eat, and the cook serves you your first meal, you devour it. Partially because it's, like, you're starving from all the work you've been doing, but also because it comes with a copious amount of alcohol. You get, like, a, uh, uh, like pint of beer, but it's incredibly weak beer that's basically just water, but it has a bit of alcohol in it to keep the uh, bacteria out. Of course, they, they don't know that, to keep it from going rancid. And you get a, like, two fingers of rum uh, as your rum ration, and most of the most of the crew, most of the sailors soak, like, you get ship's biscuits, which are flour and water baked four times to become rock solid uh, and you see most of the crew uh, soaking them in their in in their rum so that they're soft enough to eat I know somebody who might also also can we ta- talk about kind of what happens in the mess hall in case anyone sits together that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh yeah dude do you guys I like I like uh, to imagine like that just happens to be the spot that we just end up having to sit because everything else is taken. <laughs> as reluctant as uh, as the Zazel is to sit next to the warden, the newbies yeah. get the table in the. I corner. mean, like I don't think yeah. everyone would be so keen on sitting with the warden, you know. <laughs> I'm a friendly guy when you get to know. Yeah, Slim ain't half bad. He doesn't exactly get along with the other wardens. Why is that? If you don't mind well, asking. that's a story for him to tell you. Uh, when the cook, uh, when he comes up and serves you guys, he he takes the time to explain every dish before he puts it down in front of you. Uh, I think like uh, Dorian it's- kind of tugs on the sleeve of the cook to get his attention. Yes. <laughs> Do you happen to have any ginger or anything else that might help with seasickness? What do you think this uh, is a luxury cruise? Do you no I. I would think there'd be some sense on the ship for having some supplies that might help with the sailors. You signed up to be a sailor and you're getting seasick. <sighs> Listen here, kid. 
We may not run that tight of a ship, but you need to shape up or you won't last a week. He pats you on the shoulder and says, I'll get you that ginger, but next time it won't come for free. And he Wait, walks can, away. Can, can you finish? Ex- I was really appreciating that. <laughs> he turns back and, and shouts, try putting the molasses in the porridge. It really helps. Oh, wow. Also, if y'all, y'all ever got something you don't want to finish, feel free to pass it on over here. I already slid slim my porridge, and uh, <laughs> the only thing that I took was the salted pork, and uh, I'm not even, like, lifting or, like, taking out bandana or anything. I'm just kind of, like, putting it underneath. I think Dorian would only eat the porridge, maybe a little bit of the meat, but not too much, and he skips the biscuit. Aziz will eat uh, pretty much anything that's on his plate. He uh, tries the the um, molasses and the porridge, uh, as the cook suggested. There's a point in which he'll uh, take the biscuit and he'll start knocking it against the table. <laughs> oh, how the hell am I supposed to eat this thing? You gotta soften it up, man. Come on, brother. Soften it up? How the hell? I right, look beer on it. Exactly. Look at the other tools you got with you. And and he like he he like puts puts one of his on the table. He's like, think of it as a puzzle, right? Can't eat it like it is now. So what you gotta do to make it easier? I'll try dipping it into the liquor uh the, the the ale and uh oh oh it softens it up how you thinking it softens up it tastes like slightly bitter wheaty biscuit that's some bread on bread right there <laughs> it's such a weird way to eat it yeah but it keeps you full way better than starving um, he's right you know also kid you can ease up a bit if I was actually after you, you think I'd go on a ship and pull a long con? <laughs> I want to do an inside check. <laughs> yeah, sure, make an inside check. Uh, how is a solid 14? Right. He seems to bear you no ill will. He seems to be being straightforward. I'm just not, uh, not very comfortable around wardens. That's yeah, none of us. None I of don't like uh, other wardens too much myself, but uh, it's a job. You get to end up places that you wouldn't otherwise be able to. And let me tell you, the places this guy and I have been, <sighs> hooey. So, uh, why are you guys here? Let's just let's just say we're we're keeping this off the books. Uh. Are you are you with him? Are you like a warden too? Um, Me? Do I look like a warden? You see my face, right? Does this look like some sort of mechanized abomination face? Mechanized? Are, are wardens robots? What do you know about wardens, man? You scared of them killing you? And you don't know anything about them? I I know that I <laughs> that I've had a bad interaction look. with them. But why are you here? Ask me. Ask me again over a long fire during the night or something like that. It's not a conversation to be having while eating. And then, uh, Rambler gets right back to shoveling the rest of his food into his mouth. Uh, after the porridge is finished, Dorian takes out one of his books and just starts reading it at the table. Oh, also, the, uh, I, I think I mentioned this, but the, the cook did give you some ginger. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know the cook was going to grab it, so he's going to probably put it with his sack later. As, as you guys finish your meal, you hear a few crew talking about 
how they heard noises when they were down in the hall uh, near the bilge and how they're pretty sure the ship is haunted. Well, one of them is kind of arguing with another, like, I'm, I'm telling you, mate, the ship's haunted. And the other one's like, don't be an idiot. No, no, mate, mate, I'm serious. Ship's fucking haunted, man. You were hearing those noises while I was here. Come on, man, you're just paranoid. But yeah, uh, you all leave for your... Rambler, Rambler's just up on, on the top deck looking out. He's kind of like got his back leaning against one of the one of the banisters of the ship, and he's just like staring up at the stars. The stars slowly wheeled overhead. It looks like Arcturus is high in the sky. And uh Well, if you were a more religious man, perhaps you would know what that meant. But you do notice you're you're just sitting out here like looking at the stars. Uh someone is next to you out here. Someone you haven't seen on the crew before. And you hear her say, are you admiring the heavens? Uh, you look over, and it is a woman in a robe decorated like a starry night. A robe with beautiful stars all over it. A brief flash of recognition goes over his face, but he's quick to hide it with a smile. And he says, haven't seen you around. She, you? Puts, she puts, puts down the hood, and she says, ah. Sister, I, my name, my name is, yeah, I have to look, look up, up my nice name to too sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> my, my name is Madame Lucinia. I am Lucinia. the local holy woman on board. Ah, of course. Maker. Makes sense. Yeah. Gotta love those makers. Right. Well, that maker. Right. Pretty much the only thing keeping many of the men sane on board. It, yeah. These are tough times, and we all need something to look towards. Do, do yeah. you have a faith, sir? Do you have a face? Faith. Faith, ah. Well, I used to have one. Kept me going for a while, but uh, kind of burnt out, if that makes sense. Since then, I've been dabbling here and there, but uh, nothing's really stuck. She leans forward on the banister and looks out. You seem like the introspective sort. One who sees through reality. Sees things how they really are. And she gives you a discerning look. I haven't given given a description of her. She has golden hair, but it is in like thick dreadlocks down to her shoulders. She has these like this these really piercing blue eyes that look like they're staring into your soul. And of course, her robe that sparkles like a starry night. And she also has a necklace with a symbol of the maker, which is a seven-pointed star. Yep. This entire time, Rambler's smile like doesn't falter. He he goes between looking looking at her in the face to looking at the stars. I'm just a crazy old man trying to find something to uh, keep him excited in his old senile years. Of course. Of course. I'm sure you'll find something. Uh, what is your name again? Eh, people just call me the Rambler, so I just won't stop rambling on. Madame Lucinia, it's a pleasure. And she puts out her hand for you to shake. It is indeed. I'll be seeing you around, sister. Likewise. I hope to see more of you, Mr. Rambler. And she kind of drifts off. Like, she leaves, but it's kind of like slow, methodical walking. Mm-hmm. As soon as she, like, turns her, her back on him, the smile, like... Just just goes to, like, a straight face. 
and he and he looks back up at the stars, and then I think that like camera follows follows up to the stars and then comes back down on someone else. So I think right off the bat, so what is the living quarters situation looking like? Uh, living quarters, you are sharing a room with forty-five other people. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think Dorian is ma- trying to make himself comfortable on the hammock, kind of s- using what light he can to continue reading the book that he has been reading for a while now. Even so, going so far as to potentially lighting up, if need be, like some sort of yeah, using the tinderbox even. Uh after a few minutes, oh, by the way, you you guys are sleeping where you just ate. You are in the galley, uh, and the the it, it's not like you're sleeping on the floor. Everyone's strung up these hammocks, and the hammocks are like easily stowed up hanging from the roof. While nobody's eating, they string them down. It's it's packed in here. Like you are you are like four three feet away from your neighbor, uh, and all of the hammocks are rocking gently with the waves. And pretty soon, like a, a few minutes in, you hear someone say, Oi, put out that light. He kind of peeks over uh, over, and says, What? Oi, I got morning watch. Put out that light. I'm trying to sleep. Can't you sleep through the light? No. What am I, a bat? We've got eyelids. You can shut them. You hear rustling and you see the silhouette of a man sit up. And he says, when I tell you to put out that light, you put it out, kid. I'm sorry. Um, he, he clicks close the, the tinderbox and he sighs and says, is there a good place I can go instead? You know, I never shared a room with people before. You could go down to the hold if you want. But, I mean, besides the bilge swirling. Look, just sleep. Get some sleep. You're going to need it. He he looks at the the hammock, makes a face, and says, "Just a couple more hours." And he gets up out of the hammock and starts making his way over to the hall. All right, all right. You hear rustling and people like murmuring in anger as you uh, as you move through. It looks like the people would rather not be disturbed. You you make your way. I think you actually make your way over to like a, a bulkhead that separates the galley from the kitchen. And uh, there you can finally kind of get some privacy. While you're there, you hear creaking and murmuring noises. Like someone's in the room with you. Or perhaps below you. Deeper in the ship. He is going to pause a moment. Set down the book. Careful not to bend the pages. And puts his ear against the floor to see if it's below. What he can hear. You hear a rushing, whirring, like a wind, and voices come on the wind, and you hear whispering. And then, something right behind you falls over. Does Dorian jump? He does jump a little bit. What what fell over? Uh, a small container of, uh, of flax seeds. Or, like, nutmeg. Like, a, a small container of something. He is going to, I think, maybe, wander over towards where the nutmeg fall and see if there's, like, any sort of, maybe a mouse or something that might have knocked it over. 
You hear murmuring voices again, and you feel like there's someone nearby. He is going to attempt to... Because I imagine he takes his rucksack with him, considering it has all of his extra supplies to go and read. He he goes and reaches into it, and I think he's going to get a small mirror out, using sleight of hand to kind of see if he can't see who might be behind him. Okay, you pull out a mirror. With a sleight of hand of a solid nine. (laughs) You you pull out the mirror and you're kind of like on edge, you know? And you look through the mirror, and then suddenly, like, the, 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 like, music is building and building and building, and then suddenly it comes to crescendo as someone behind you says, Hey, what are you doing in my kitchen? It's the cook. <laughs> he just stepped in the doorway. Oh my um, god, we have a, a ghost chef. I think Dorian takes a breath, and basically tries not to look guilty as he turns around and says, I was I was told to to leave the room if I wanted to go and stay up a little later. I hope Oh, you're ginger boy. Right. And uh you wanted to read. Possibly. Um Shouldn't you be getting some sleep? Don't you have watch in the morning? I mean I don't need eight hours. Exactly. I'm going to make a roll for the chef. Of what? The chef kills you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I die. Bye, guys. <laughs> he says, I usually don't appreciate strangers in my kitchen, especially when you should be sleeping. And then he pauses and kind of like looks behind him and rubs his eyes and says, but I could make an exception. There's a nice locker for the wood for the stove back there. If you want to climb in there, it's an enclosed space. Nobody will ever bother you. Okay. I. Not even me, if I'm called to prepare food for the night watch at 4 a.m. again. Because they want their snacks. And he goes, he kind of starts bubbling about and says, Who knocked over the nutmeg? Dorian kind of shrugs. <laughs> it. It kind of seems like a rhetorical question as he writes it and says, uh, like I said, if you want to read the cupboard back there for the wood stove storage. So, Dorian, you now have a sequestered place on the ship you can go to if you want. Heck that, yeah. According to the chef, no one will find you. I will gladly go over there and... Just don't bring anyone dangerous there that might murder you and leave the body. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go over there, start up the fire, and maybe take a continue to read the book that I have been reading. Um, he does not take out the new book that he received yet. I think that's it. Uh, unless Adele does anything weird before going to bed. Do you hit on any of the other sailors? There are there are men and women sailors alike. Oh, the, uh, um, the, uh, um, Adele is right now... I think Adele is... Well, I mean, he's never been on a ship before, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was out a bit before he went to bed. Just on deck. Seeing if anyone needs help. Okay. Because he needs to be a big man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Mo- most of them say, you know, get your sleep. One person does catch your eye, and that is Priestess wearing robes that sparkle like a night sky. And she 
She is not only surprisingly beautiful, she is also just standing up here, not helping anyone, but standing around in the middle of the night uh, on the deck. He stiffens up and he... But he's curious and he kind of slowly approaches her and goes, Uh, uh, excuse me. She turns and looks at you with these piercing blue eyes and says, May I help you, Sailor? Where where do, do these robes, robes come from? Oh, these are the robes of my order. I am a priestess of the Maker, and we wear these garments to represent the celestial heavens from where the seven saints fell down. Do you like oh, the yeah. Do you like the pattern? And she kind of shows it off to you. It's this beautiful starry night. Uh, it, uh Adele, as, as she like like swishes it, Adele like. <laughs> gets all jumpy. He goes, oh, uh... She yes, kind of laughs. It is, uh, very pretty. I... There are... There are more of you? Haven't met very many priests, have you? Well, uh... I might have met uh, one or two. Well, we're pretty common in Landfall. Uh, uh, almost everyone knows of the Maker. Well, in Ray Dawn. Ah, I suppose if you're foreign, you wouldn't know. The Church of the Maker, yes, there there are many priests and priestess of the Church of the Maker. We, we're quite ubiquitous. I, I would invite you to come pray sometime. I do conduct services at the end of every morning watch. It is, uh, it is kind of you to ask. I, I just... Do, do, perchance, you dabble in magic? She gives you a kind of dark look and says, Oh, heavens, no. Well, that would be forbidden. We of the Church of the Maker are against those accursed leviathans whom they draw from for new magic. And, well, are you embroiled in any of that? I don't even touch it. I've never seen it. I don't affiliate with it. My father raised me well. That's good. That's man, how it should be. To be a man of, of reason and physical abilities. Then I invite you to come pray with me sometime. I think it would boost your confidence. And do not worry. I do not wield magic. In fact, I'm almost certain there's no one on this ship who does. Uh, that is the work of people who deal in the dark. And and even if you do see it, as long as you never agree to a deal, as long as you never let them swindle you, they won't harm you. In fact, they could even be, and she says very quietly, a useful ally. But of course, you would never dabble in it yourself, right? Hey, of course. Never, never. Good man. And she, she pats you on the shoulder and gives you a very warm smile. And then says, would you like to stargaze with me? Do you, do you know, what, what constellations do you know of? I used to do it quite all the time when I was a kid. She smiles and says, all of them. All of them. Even the ones that are, uh, uh, Perhaps not those, but, uh, well, you can see here, and she starts pointing out a bunch of constellations. These are the most important to my order. They they are made up partially of representatives of the Maker. You can see Octurus there. 
this guy. That is one of our saints. It's really funny that you mentioned that because those two constellations in the middle is one that's Ajitian. And that's, and we call that, um, La Montagne because it looks kind of like a mountain, you see. Her eyes kind of light up and she goes, Oh, oh, I see it. That, that one too. And she, she starts like naming some of the stars and the, the camera kind of pulls away and the, it gets kind of like quieter as you guys nerd out about constellations. <laughs> And you, you show her all the Ashitan ones, and she is, like, super excited every time you name a new one. I'd like to say that pans out up towards the crow's nest. <laughs> still is. Up in the crow's nest, what do we see? Slim, he, he took a... Yeah, uh, he he volunteered for it, but he uh, he's just taking a second away from the horizon to look at the cute youngins. But, uh... <laughs> and he just goes back to it, looks up where they're pointing back up to the stars, and then kind of just goes down both knees and kind of just uh, meditates as he looks on the horizon. He's contemplating everything that's happened in his life that <laughs> led him to this exact moment. Mm -hmm. yeah, there, it's been a short life, y'all. It definitely hasn't been long. When you look up at those... All five years... When you look up at those sparkling stars, it reminds you of something. It stirs something deep within your solar plexus. Deep God, within your stars make me horny. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You just love those stars. Slim is aroused. Something about them. It's like it sparks recognition. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, since this is a television show, we like smash cut to someone rolling out of a hammock. And the cook is ringing this really loud bell, and he's like, All right, all right, wake up, everyone. It's time for morning watch. The bosun gets up and he pulls you out of bed, Dorian. He pulls you out of bed, Azazel and Adele, and says, Come on, come on, we gotta get to work. And it's right back to work. And uh, this time, talking more about knots, and the bosun tells you, like, he teaches you the most import important knot of your life, the bolin, and he says, Hell, even a Leviathan spawn could crew a ship if only he knew how to tie a bowline and run the, run the lines and shimmy up a topsail. You all learn more. And we cut to, finally we cut to Slim. You are meeting the other navigator, the actual navigator. You're, you're the navigator's mate, so you're a navigator as well, but, uh, she is really in, in charge of everything. You, you go to meet her and she is a half, half elf woman who looks rather old, like her hair is gray-white and pulled back in like a tight bun. She definitely has some wrinkles on her face. She's maybe like a quarter elf, actually, or an eighth elf, because she only has, she kind of has pointy ears and fair features. Um, and she she seems more than willing to show you what she knows. Of course, being the navigator on a ship during this kind of period is really difficult. Sea charts are, especially for the frontier, are super vague and not very good. The, the sea charts for the Southern Sea, though, are fine. And since you're in the Southern Sea for now, she, like, quizzes you on some stuff, makes sure you know, like, the basics of navigation and, uh, and introduces herself. Um, she, she introduces herself not by a name, but by her nickname. She says, I don't need to bother with my name. Pretty much everyone on the ship knows me as the sister. It, it's a long story. It's from when I first got on the crew. I, I would ask everyone 
all the time. Have you seen my sister? Do you know where my sister is? Could you help me find my sister? I'm still looking, by the way, but no one could ever tell me, and the sister just stuck. So, you can call me that. And what do they call you, Navigator's Mate? Well, in the same simplicity, you can call me Slim. Though, not because uh, I know someone who's Slim, but rather, as you can see, I'm a bit of a string bean. Alright, Slim. You got sharp eyes, you got a good mind. Let's check over these charts. She shows you, you know, basically like using a compass. Uh, star navigation is a big thing she talks to you about a lot. And, of course, you, you know, like, some of this stuff. You've been a wayfinder before, but I believe most of your experience is on land. You pick up really fast as she's teaching you this stuff. There's some good transference between the two of them. Yeah, like, you, you could also navigate by the star land. We then fast forward days. Days pass. You're still on the ship. As you pass by the island that used to be called Haven, it's now called Dead Zone 2. Uh, <laughs> hey man, number schemes. <laughs> Dead Zone 1 is to the west. The The captain actually, the crew holds a little vigil where everyone goes silent for a while as they pass it. And then later on, you pass another area that is really, really heavily patrolled by the Radonian Navy, Her Majesty's Navy. And the bosun also explains that this is the projected area of another moving dead zone. Dead zone three, the lighthouse. You keep going, you pass uh, rebuilt and now flourishing Crescent Isles. Couple things, Joe. No- just mm-hmm. for like time sequence, I do want to note, I do start to read the new book like a couple days into the, the ship and that secluded area. When you start to read it, well, I could talk to you about that later. Yeah, yeah, you, I was going to say that and book. Dorian still has its track record for not sleeping the full eight hours. Just a heads up. Okay. That that might end up having long-term exhaustion yep. benefits. We'll see. Yep. We'll talk about it later. There might be days where he just completely cocks up the full eight hours, but for the most part, he does not go. During your time on the ship, uh, get basically training and sailing. I assume some of you take to it better than others, but it's basically, it's really hard work. When you're on duty, you're on the ball all the time, always having to do stuff, even if it's just sit around and watch something and, like, make sure things don't go wrong. The food isn't great, but honestly, it's calories, and it's all dense. And after, like, pulling ropes and lifting things and fetching stuff, especially you all do a lot of fetching from the whole, like, for the, um, for the cook and the like, you just devour your food. And sleep comes easily and readily because you are working yourself all day, every day. By the end of, like, the first two weeks, you can honestly consider yourselves sailors. Rookie sailors. But you're catching on quickly. Uh, And that's partially thanks to the bosun who has, like, really great lessons. And um, you're starting to feel kind of a kinship with the rest of the crew. Who kind of start to grudgingly respect you more and more. Also, what what I will say is as we reach closer and closer to the north, what used to be the Cloud Crystal Sci-Field, uh, the Rambler is more and more often seen just on the bow of the ship looking into the what used to be the large cloud, cloud crystals that are now shattered and scattered. Rambler, you're you're sometimes called to work as a sailor as well and just do, do like the basic rigging on the ship, but you have your own cabin. 
and at at different points the uh the captain will call you to meet with him lucky son of a bitch slim you actually have a cabin as well Lucky, Lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Your, Lucky son of a bitch. Your, your cabin is next to the mates. And honestly, when I say cabin, these are like the shittiest, smallest cabins. They're it's like, like a closet. It, yeah, the mates do. Yeah, um, it's better than what we got. <laughs> and you're you're also, you're still, tre- you're not treated any different from any of the other members of the, of the crew. Like, the way they see it, they could just take you out of your cabin and take it if they wanted to. Like, no one would mind, but because you have this specific position, they're like, okay, you need a place to store your stuff, that's fine. But also, yeah, this crew, unlike a ship of the Royal Navy, very democratic. Uh, They all seem to have a pretty good understanding of one another, and there's like a a, a kinship among the crew and the command crew, or the command crew is in quotations, the navigator, the, um, the priestess, the captain, the bosun. There's like a kinship between them and the men that's unseen in professional ships where it's a rank and file a chain i do want to say like i don't want the rambler to seem like he's just skipping out undoing stuff it's just whenever he goes it seems like he's been either asked to do something important or is deciding that what's going on is something he already knows and he'd prefer to do something better with his time yeah so the the, the rambler is definitely like still working with him. so on kind of like on the same category of dorian often staying up late there's one evening specifically in which dorian is like still awake from heading back to his bunk and azazel just kind of wanders in after him about a half hour later it looks like you're not the only nighthawk dorian dorian is kind of i don't know if he's particularly subtle but you do he is watching over the the um fabric of the canopy as you get into bed but is not saying anything to you oh and then last but not least i didn't talk about slim slim uh you start to get pretty familiar with the sister and she starts to kind of take liking to you like as co-workers who both know that they're good at their job yeah um, it's it's nice walking working with the uh, competent folk oftentimes you have to switch off like you'll be on watch and she'll be asleep and then You'll be asleep and she'll be on watch. Um, but you both work very closely with the captain, who is also the helmsman most of the time, to guide the ship. And it's like, it's pretty, it's a pretty full time job. Like sometimes you're called to the ropes to like do something, but it's mostly like all the time puzzling over charts and looking at landmarks and watching the stars because it is a difficult job. Um, they actually one of the one of the uh, other names for navigator is master or mistress of sail or master of the boat because like you you are completely in charge of where the ship is going. The captain does some of it too, but like not nearly as much. Oh. I, I think this suits him fine because he knows that. Well, it is a tight knit crew, and he wants you know help and kind of like acclimate and be included in it but he doesn't want to be you know rubbing shoulders with people because probably rubbing shoulders with a warden daily would uh be a little it, little tense it would definitely stress them out yeah crew definitely gets more and more used to seeing you around you don't sleep with the crew obviously you you, you have your own cabin even though it's tiny but like he's uh, they, he's not shy to talking if somebody Adele will sleep with the crew i'm just kidding. 
wink, wink. <laughs> uh, Slim, they're they're definitely warming up to, especially once, uh, and also like the sister, it has been on record like telling different people like he doesn't act like a warden. To 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 which many take it as a great relief. Um, uh, the one last question that I have is, uh, how well are we learning the sea shanties? The sea shanties come fast and furious. See, and, uh, I don't think Dorian sings, but he definitely will try to learn the songs via the the hurdy gurdy. Singing is a very loose term uh, for <laughs> You're just expected to sing along, at least with the words. Belt it out in time. Yeah, I. Yeah. Also, Dorian, at a few points, like not really often because for this first week you're really like working all the time. Yeah. But Dor- Dorian, there there are sometimes when like a, a few of the crew will like pull you aside and ask you to play a song for them once they notice you have an instrument. Dorian would be down for that. So like one one or two times you uh, played a song on the hurdy gurdy to accentuate like some card game that's to settle a debt between two sailors. And as it got all tense and stuff and the music was playing, they would like slam down their cards and then flip out. Speaking of which, during downtime, uh, Rambler is going to be teaching some people 21 fishes. Oh! Uh, yes. And Slim will uh, be there as well. And great. <laughs> is that the nonsense card game you guys came up with last campaign that has like no rules? Yes, it might it be. Uh, not many We're ships, free not, many, not many sailors seem to know it nowadays, uh, or if they do, they're definitely not flying in the same circles as us, but, uh, Rambler feels like it's something that should be kept alive. It's a great part of, uh, sailor culture. Yeah. So, uh, not, not, not a lot of them recognize it, but no one's ever played it. Uh, and they, they take to it okay. Um, but yeah, of course, not, y'all don't get a ton you of You gotta hold the seven, y'all. You can't play it right away. Let's see. Any anything else that characters might notice? I got a couple. <laughs> so for those paying attention, um, there's a couple things about Dorian that um, might be noted. Uh, for one, the the flower that's on his cloak does not wilt, no matter how long they're there. It's not dried either. Uh, keep in mind, he the the book that's strapped to himself never leaves his side but he also isn't really seen with it out he always constantly rereads the same book he had at the beginning the other thing is also his hands are always clean because uh, he's actually the ghost haunting the ship oh my god <laughs> there is no water on board that I? you can use for washing or cleaning yep period the, yeah. the only water to drink is beer. It's super weak beer that hydrates you, but it is still beer. Um, and you don't brush your teeth. You don't shower. It's it's a shit. There's no water. Yep. Um, God, this the, is where lemongrass like, gets full. <laughs> the, the cook does have a little bit he uses to, to wash things, um, but he is, the, he is the only one. So if Dorian has clean hands, it's because... He's become good friends with the chef who will actually let him help out in the kitchen. And if you're helping out in the kitchen, then maybe you'll have clean hands. Other than that, nobody has clean anything. Which is not something that Adele is going to like. <laughs> I don't think Adele has a clean mind. <laughs> hey! Man. He needs to keep up appearances. Also, Dorian, if you do want to like add the flavor that you kind of 
ingratiate yourself with the chef or become become friends with the chef and spend a lot of time in the kitchen, then he'll have you help out, and in which case you'll be able to clean your hands semi-regularly. I would I would be down with that considering his some of the stuff he knows. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But did you did you see the message I whispered to you? Because I don't know if I got a response, like whisper back and stuff. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, I see. Got it. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. You see. Never mind. But yeah, okay. no. Even still, like I wouldn't mind ingrati- like just incorporating myself in the the cook's good graces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the cook doesn't seem to like you all that much, but he keeps you around anyway. You're not sure if like he takes pity on you or. <laughs> If he just is lonely, but he's like really, he's like really grouchy, but he does favors for you anyway. Like when you, when you ask for the, uh, for the ginger, um, it, every once in a while, Dorian, you'll like come to like go curl up with a book and you'll just see some ginger lying out, um, like it was set there. Uh, and, uh, you remind him of his son who he lost in the war. Yeah. I think that at some point, Rambler goes and talks to sister and calls her sister. And that is a very that... confusing exchange. Mm-hmm. It's like, have we met before? What? what do you mean, sister? I'm, I mean, only the crew really calls me that. Well, I guess you're part of the... Oh, goddammit, I was expecting this. <laughs> Just so, kind of call everyone brother or sister. Yeah. Don't, don't mind him too much. That's just how he talks. I knew this was going to happen someday. Hey, uh, <laughs> you're a mysterious fellow. Have you ever met my sister? What's I, the name? We bear a bit of a family resemblance. Uh, I am uh, under a vow not to speak her name, so it makes it a little hard. But she was once a legendary knight uh, before the fall. She, she's a, she's now very old. Legendary knight before what? Uh, the silence. Uh. It may, Maybe it's before your time. It's been a while. Huh? I'll let you know uh, if I remember. Uh, all, all right. I, I've been told she's a, if if she's going to be anywhere somewhere else here, then I've been looking. But uh, you you seem like a well traveled fellow. Well, that's neither here nor there. It's nice to meet you, brother. And she shakes your hand. You too, sister. So. It has been one week since you left Port City, one week of hard sailing aboard the HMS Queen Marie. You've all begun to grow accustomed to life aboard the roiling clouds of the sky ocean. The routine, the hard work, the bits of time you get to yourself. Ship life can be boring, but the rest of the crew seems to know how to have fun. One thing that never seems to be a shortage of on board is alcohol. Whether you make a habit of drinking or not, everyone's been offered a spare ration of wine or rum more than once, even the warden. Under the bosun's harsh tutelage, Dorian, Azazel, and Adele uh, all know their way around a ship by now, and are most likely quite used to working together at this point. The Rambler already seems to know a thing or two about seafaring vessels and helps out where he can, while the mysterious warden Slim is often perched high on the mast keeping lookout, or standing on the stern castle mulling over charts with the pilot and navigator. The captain keeps three rotating watches, though with the shifting schedule many of your free hours are spent resting or asleep. All in all, uh, you get three square meals a day, and when the weather's calm, you spend most of your time cleaning, stowing, or fetching things around the ship, and not having to do anything dangerous like climbing 60 feet up into the rigging to bring down a torn sail. So far, you've passed by some incredible sights, 
Islands floating above the cloud layer, rivers streaming into the clouds and disappearing, skyfish swimming alongside the ship. In this section of the sea, there are rarely any le- any leviathan sightings anymore, but a few times when a swell raises a bank of clouds high above the deck, someone will call out, what's that dark shape within the clouds? And the men and women on the deck will freeze as a long shadow swims its way beneath the cream- cream-colored surface. More than that, uh... More than once, the ship has passed by a quarantine dead zone, constantly patrolled by Imperial ships of the line, dark and silent structures or islands that haven't been touched in over 50 years. Well, on one of these occasions, the captain, bosun, and chaplain Lady Lucinia call the crew to put down ropes and stand in silence for a moment as you drift past the once-inhabited island of Haven. Now, 50 years after the silence, it is still a charred, barren wasteland. How has each of you changed after your week aboard? Are you getting along with the crew, taking the hard but routine life aboard the sailing vessel well, finding every opportunity to get some time to yourself in this tiny cramped space you're sharing with almost 50 other men and women? Azazel, how are you dealing with the stresses and and newness of ship life? Uh, I think Azazel's doing pretty well. Um... There's a lot of times where he, he seems like he's unable to keep up, but he's definitely starting to look better. Because, like, when he first joined the crew, he was malnourished. And, like, eating, even with kind of the gruel that they eat, like, it's a lot of calories that he's that he's taking in. He's also burning a lot throughout the day, but he's looking healthier because he's eating more regularly. And uh, Azazel has a tendency to go off on his own for long periods of time. Many, many times with, when you're by yourself, you hear strange noises or something shifts deep within the bowels and i i assume where do you take your time alone it just depends on what's free um where where i can find somewhere to kind of be alone uh you've all been noticing the crew will often avoid the hold where like the fresh water barrels and grain and stuff like that is kept because uh there's starting to be a growing rumor on board that the ship is haunted Hmm. dorian Dorian essentially kind of spends quite a a lot of his time during the day in his free time um, kind of being out where a lot of the people are, either playing music or reading. And it's typically he's only seen with two different books that he interchanges. And so far, it's been going well for him. He seems to be thriving off of the uh, the bustle around him, at least not looking quite upset or anything like that, um, even though he is not the most talkative. However, nearing the end of the week, uh, his um, body seems to be almost restless. You see him growing more and more distracted as he tries to reread the books, and he goes through cycles of just looking absolutely exhausted, and then a wide awake after a night of crashing completely. So it's it's kind of been a mixed bag for him. Uh, I believe you spend a good bit of time with the cook in the yeah. mess. Uh, yeah, in the ship's mess. Yeah. Uh, uh, oftentimes he'll, he'll make a, like, curt remark, like, uh, uh, you sleeping all right there, lad? Uh, but he'll never inquire. One... One particular day, uh, one evening, in kind of late into the night, um, the the cook is uh, is in the mess, and Dorian is kind of like tucked away in that in that spot we mentioned. That's like uh, right behind like the the storage for timber for the furnace, timber and coal. You're sitting in, in that little nook reading a book, 
you you hear a knock, and uh, the uh, the cook kind of like bends down, and he's got a little plate of of like pork fat scraps, and he says, <clears throat> "I uh, thought uh, I got finished these scraps off, and I, I thought you might uh, here." And he sets them down, and then quickly stands up and kind of like wipes off his hands and turns away. As he's turning away, like he hears a quiet thanks and the plate scraping against the wooden floor as he picks it up. With a with a sigh, the cook says, "Don't mention it." What was that? Did you move something, lad? And you hear him walk away to the right. After a moment, there's a clunk as something falls over, and the cook shouts in surprise. Dorian's gonna sit down at the plate. And like, see if he can't s- stick his head out to see what's up. You you poke your head out in time to see the cook swipe at a cl- small clay pot that appears to be hovering in the air in front of him. And he like swipes out and grabs it, and then stumbles and falls forward flat on his face, shouting, "Get off me ship, you damn specter!" <laughs> uh, excuse me. <laughs> After a um... second, he pulls himself up and clears his throat, and then, like, eyes just, like, hawk-like snap to you. And he squints. Uh, what are you looking at, boy? There's a specter on here? Don't you know the ship's haunted? I thought that was just a rumor. Just I... a rumor? You haven't been hearing the noises, seeing objects moving about in the night? The night brings quite a lot of... <sighs> Strange sounds that could easily be mistaken for something else. I didn't think that was any different. The cook kind of grumbles and says, oh, make her preserve us. Apparently our resident ghost happens to like nutmeg. Anyway, it, you can go back to your and I'm sure it's gone. And he um, walks over to his, uh, his cooking implements again. Slim, how have you been taking to life aboard the vessel? Well, I've, uh... I've been assisting sister in our uh, navigations, but I've also been trying to better incorporate myself with the rest of the crew, seeing as uh, at first I tend to put people a little on edge with my presentation. So uh, whenever I see somebody that looks like they could use some help, uh, I'll step in. Not to the point of, you know, being presumptuous, but Still trying to do do my own part on the ship. Your first impression with the crew wasn't the best, though after a few days, they start to grow a little more comfortable. What seems to make the most difference to them is the fact that the Beast and the Sister both seem just fine around you, like they don't give you the weird looks the rest of the crew does. And after a while, you, you're kind of accepted as a, as a guest in their, uh, in their little enclave, and before long, by, by about the end of the week, they're sharing drinks with you and asking to hear stories about your uh, your hunts on the mainland for cultists deep in the woods. Well, I don't always like sharing my tales of uh, my time on the force, but... Uh, uh, there, And this is where I would bullshit places that my character would know the mm-hmm. places uh, that I don't know the locations of. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then I would probably make up uh, tales that are somewhat related to things that me and my former crew did, except giving it a bit of a 
a twist of that cultist charm. I mean, I, I, I got one right now. Maybe you, you, uh, you tell them of, of a tale of the, uh, the graveyard in the town of Siren's Watch at the, in the dead of night. There were people there excavating some corpse for their nefarious deeds. Mm-hmm. I managed to round up a good number of them, but their, their leader, he, he managed to get away before I could put a bullet in him. One of the crew asks, oh, one of the crew asks, is that why you're out here now? Looking for that man? Nah, I was, I was taken off that job. Apparently, uh, even though I got 20 out of 21 of them, letting that one last one go away, that wasn't good enough for the higher ups. And of course, the other, the other wardens that were working with me put all the blame on me because I was the newest to the group. So, I guess you could say it's part of the reason that I'm out here. I'm doing work on my own terms now. Don't really take to uh, appointed authority very well. Now, leadership, that I can get behind. The pirates raucously agree that nothing is good enough for the crown, and they drink to that. And the only um, other thing that Slim would be doing would be, uh, in his spare time, he'd be like practicing calligraphy and trying to write up a letter to the people that were left behind. Interesting. Nice. Okay. Adele, how have you been faring on the ship as you've been learning how to be a able seaman? I don't know. He, he has, he's been mainly on the deck because he's encountered issues with the, the other sailors down below who don't like it when he smokes. Mm-hmm. Cause he tried to smoke the other night and it didn't go down too well. In a confined space, it is not appreciated. No, <laughs> no. Despite despite how um, everyone seems, he goes. He, he was he's up on deck and he's like smoking to himself. He's like, despite all the fact that everyone is okay with the amount of smog in the air from all these factories, and no one wants me to smoke in the down below. It's ridiculous. <laughs> some some like sailor you're with like nods sagely in agreement and asks that you pass your pipe, yeah, or cigar yeah. or blunt or whatever you're using. Uh, it, it it's it's a cigarette of sorts. It's not like common vid, like the old white ones. Yeah, someone who often comes up to smoke with you is a uh, a red haired dwarf with a uh, a striking bushy red beard who is often seen. Hanging around the only other red-haired member of the crew, a uh, a striking, strikingly pretty half elf, who has a tendency to make loud, uh, no, who who looks noises, no, (laughs) no, who looks very, who has this kind of prim and proper way about her, despite being a a sailor on a pirate crew, who has this kind of prim and proper demeanor. The the dwarf's name is Rorik. And he, he enjoys he enjoys a good drag on a cigarette. Nice. Like uh Adele it was Rorik up yeah, Rorik is up there with Adele, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adele is um starts chatting up <laughs> Rorik and saying So how long have you been on this ship? May I ask you? I'm a new recruit, just like yourself. Just signed on last week. I see. So what? Want what? Uh, I guess provoked you to want to kill yourself? Well, uh, excuse me. 
I said, what provoked you to want to join this ship? Uh, right. Uh, the, uh, well, the last ship I was serving on done up and sank. So you went from once, basically, from what I understand about ships, it's basically a suicide mission because you could end up anywhere. And so you almost died and you decided to join another thing that would almost kill you. Is this correct? Well, that's not exactly the way I see it. This is a fine vessel. The last one I was on was crewed by incompetence. The captain couldn't tell his port from starboard. How did he end up being captain? <laughs> Appointed by the crown, as many are. I see. So uh, all of us, I guess you could say, are pretty much captained by ridiculous people. <sighs> Where exactly are we headed? I'm confused. We're headed up to the frontier. Uh, oh, probably so somewhere around the Halcyon Coast. I barely know my, 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 my maps, to be honest. I'm not, I, I don't, uh, if, if you, if you looked at me and you did, if you thought that I didn't look, that I didn't look like, it, or I looked like that I don't belong here, then you were correct. He, he looks up and down and says, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little obvious. Well, we'll make a fine center out of you yet. And he pats you on the back. Well, I'll, uh, I'll try. I'm a good man. I, I work hard. That's what my father always told me. I'll believe it. Pass the cigarette. So you've become acquainted with Rorik? Yeah. Uh, last but not least, the Rambler. How has a week aboard this vessel been faring you? I haven't spent a fair amount of time just tinkering with my own stuff and getting to know the crew. I've generally been around. having two or three drinks a night. I usually tend to offer some of mine to other people as well, but I'll never pass up my whole ration. Uh... Other than that, I've kind of been exploring the ship, trying to find out whatever's haunting it, talking with some of the crew members, seeing if any of them got an inkling, but just hearing a lot of ghost stories. Uh, how about you make me a roll? What kind of roll I'm making? You looking for supernatural stuff, things that could be someone else trying to influence the fabric of reality. Roll me an arcana check. You might not be proficient in it, that's alright. Got a 19, brother. Hot damn. You can tell the crew is being pretty superstitious. They're on edge about stuff like this. I mean, if someone's doing shady stuff on board, they'd like to know about it. It's not like the, it's not like any old magical doodad is gonna freak them out. So they, they honestly believe that like the spirit of some dead sailor is trapped in the hold. You, on the other hand, you're pretty sure something different's going on. Something more complicated. Or, there's definitely something magical afoot. You don't exactly know what, but, like, objects don't levitate on their own. And um, it's rare, like, it's really rare. The the anomalies maybe happen less than once a day, and it's only been a week. But you definitely catch sight of one, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know about ghosts, but that's definitely something. I don't know about ghosts, but that's definitely something. Do you inform the captain? Yeah, I think that I informed the captain. Hey, how's it going, beast? It's going fine, Rambler. Yeah, you heard any of those stories about a ship haunting the boat? I have heard rumors that there's something about, but, uh, you know, the crew gets antsy, and for many of them, it's a first voyage or first voyage after a while. It's only to be expected. Yeah, hearing some of those as well, but, uh, I did a little bit of digging. 
Uh-huh. Bit of my expertise came into play. Think there might be something... magic going on. Something kinda on the lines of arcane. Is that so? Didn't happen to pick up anything strange when we were in, uh, Port City, did you? No, I... checked the cargo myself. Nothing out of the ordinary. Well, try to see if any of the crew members might have picked up something weird. All right. I'll have people upturn their belongings. We'll, we'll see what we can find. In the meantime, in the meantime, I'll have, I'll have Lucinia checked out. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. No problem, brother. Real ghost. Or something. We'll get to the bottom of it. And with that, uh, you continue on your day. So, it is one evening. It's first watch, so it's like early evening to middle of the night, basically. And Dorian, Adele, and Azazel are on first watch, so you're having to stay up all night, basically. And Slim is currently on lookout duty. You're all up, you know, cleaning decks, tying off ropes, making sure things are fine. Everyone make perception checks. Yeah. Adele, you you are uh, you're helping Azazel like tie tie down a knot, and you hear like a weird creak that you aren't used to hearing before, and you glance back by the or to to the aft of the vessel by the kind of like small raised area where the where the pilot stands the uh the stern castle and you see a cloaked figure standing on the very rear of the ship that you hadn't noticed on deck before do you say anything because as you watch they seem to disappear over the stern rail he runs over uh so you, you start jogging back it, uh, Azazel, it's kind of weird when like Adele is like helping you tie down this rope, and then just like looks, <laughs> stops, and runs. Wait, so uh, do I lose my grip on the rope? Uh, you can hold it down, but you can't exactly tie it anymore. So you're just kind of holding this sheet as as Adele books it. Sheet is one of the names of a, a rope that controls the sails. Uh, 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 hey, where are you going? Do, do you see that? Over there? Uh, no, I I didn't. Did uh, it? <laughs> Slim, you you lean over the crow's nest, and a, a dizzying uh, six, almost seven story drop below. You you do definitely see something. There there's like a, a dark shape near the stern of the ship that has climbed off onto the stern hull, uh, the the aft. Oh, fuck. Hey, uh, hey, guys. There's something, do you say, on the aft hole? There's something, uh, climbing up on the aft hole. Adele, you, you run all the way to the, to the, um, onto the stern castle, and you look over the railing, and you see that, uh, that little boat that, um, like a, like a yawl, like a, a small craft that is tied to the stern of the of the main vessel and kind of bobs along behind it. It belongs to the Rambler. And the, the uh, I think, like, is a lamp on inside, Rambler? Yeah, I generally keep a light on inside. Yeah, you, you can see the little cabin, and uh, uh, in the shadows cast by the lamp, you're pretty sure you see something move. And then uh, whispers him to himself, he goes, putain, and he uh, runs back in to, to 
back, he goes back to help Azazel and he goes, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't know what I saw. I, I think there's someone. I can't be sure. I, maybe I'm just really tired. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't really help you figure that out because I can't let go of this until we tie it down. Yes, of course. And you want to tie down the, tie yeah. down the sheet there. Yeah. So you, you two, you two keep working on that. Dorian, what are you doing? So I think he is kind of a little bit of ways away from them. He is currently tying a rope himself, however, not necessarily tying it specifically to an important. He sees Adele come back and um, I think catches a couple of... No, I think he's far enough away where he doesn't really pick up anything they're saying. And he stands up, stretches, pats his pants and starts walking over after leaving an intricate knot in one of the ropes over there and says... What's going on? Uh, Adele thought he saw something, but I, I couldn't really see it because I'm kind of struggling with this. There's it's creepy shit on my aft. There was, there was a figure. I can't really explain it. it. Guys, there's some creepy shit on the aft hole climbing up. Wait, climbing up? Yeah. I think the Rambler kind of comes out of uh, the back of the ship and is like, wait, what's going on? Uh, apparently something's climbing up. Um, the I'm in a battle where? Back there. Adele points over to where he saw the boat. Okay, uh, while you guys finish tying this up, I'll start making my way over there and just see if I can't see anything. Uh, that's mine, so I'm gonna just head on over there as well. Rambler's gonna actually just start heading over towards his dinghy, uh, and he kinda like, he motions to Slim to follow him over. I'm uh, I'm going to go down on the pulley system that I've set up for the crow's nest, so I can yeah. slide on down. Yeah, you like you you have like a little counterweight and just like whoosh, slide down. Okay, so so Rambler and uh, and Slim, you're going to investigate here. Same with Dorian; he's following as well. Dorian, I believe I will assist in investigation because my intelligence is plus zero. Oh. Uh, Azazel and Adele, do you do you want to yeah, look as, over and see what's yeah. going? On? As soon as we're done yeah, tying yeah. this down, I, I yeah, as soon as we tie it down, we run over. Uh, Adele runs over at least. Yeah, I, I, I would. I don't know about the Rambler, but I definitely would not mind myself making an investigation roll. Yeah, I think the Rambler, like when he sees so many people are coming, he's like, "I think I'd prefer to keep this place to myself. If I need the help, I'll call for it. But right, I prefer that for this to just be me and Slim." And then he starts shimmying down the rope to head to his dinghy. Like, like, oh, um, that, like that. an actual dance shimmy? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> whatever's in I give the side. background music. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Do, do, do. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I think Dorian, uh, folds his arms and says, that's not fair. That's a little weird. Aren't we all? He's got the points there. As I then begin <laughs> to shimmy on down. <laughs> so. What do you guys. What do you guys think is going on? I'll just keep my head. I'll just poke I my head know, out. I don't know, but there. I just feel like they just took, they took over for what we were checking out first. We're on watch. Look, when your ship gets taken, you can do the same. <laughs> do you just shout that off? Because Dorian's talking to these two. <laughs> it depends on how loudly you say it. Yeah, I mean he's still within earshot. <laughs> I poke my head out over the lip of the ship so I can kind of watch them. Yeah, you you watch as the the rambler is you know kind of like cl- clambering down this rope. It's a little precarious, like he's hanging above the cloud layer as he does so. But then he sets one foot on the kind of front, like on the 
hull of his little boat, and then another, and Slim follows him. The Rambler, make an investigation check. I love to investigate. With advantage, because I'm assisting. I'll allow it. With advantage. Okay. Okay. You start moving around the boat. What's your strategy? Do you, like, do you go one direction around the cabin and send Slim the other direction, or, uh... Yeah, so, so I, think, I think we both make it there, uh, and, like, there, there's this moment that the camera's just, like, like, me looking at him, so just, like, looking directly at Slim, and there's a bit of, like, I point to the left side and I nod, uh, or, and then he, like, he nods, and then we start moving. At this point, I've also drawn my gun and my short sword. I have drawn specifically my gun. Looking, uh, I look, glancing in the, in the little, like, windows, um on the cabin, which is of course lower, it's like a it's like a little around um knee or waist height. And uh or no, I'd I'd say it's higher. But yeah, you're you're like moving around looking uh Slim is on the other side as well. You both kind of like move slowly all the way around and then you meet at the aft, both your pistols pointed at each other, and you realize it's them. Uh oh god, there's you... a doppelganger on the ship. Wait, oh <laughs> what what town did I pick you up in? Uh, well, it okay, wasn't a cool. town per se. It was more like a, a little Selman village. It it was real shithole. All right, we're good. Um, uh, I th- I th- I think that the like in the soundtrack, like the the terrifying tone goes away, and I put away my gun. I'm like, well, guess it was a false alarm. And and I'm still, I'm still jumpy, so I'm still gonna I'm gonna put the sword away, but I'm gonna keep my gun out. Just like our onlookers, Dorian, Azazel, and Adele, please make perception checks as you watch on. Adele, you briefly see uh, a dark robe a dark robed figure melt out of the shadows uh in the aft of the vessel, so the opposite of them. They just went around. And for you see them only for a second, and you recognize they're wearing the cloak with a starry night sky upon it that glistens oh, like distant stars. Was it just me, or were, were they just jumping at a chance to get out of this ship? You said he's going, it's in the opposite direction of where they went? Uh, so the Rambler and Slim both climbed onto the aft of their boat and then split up and walked around the boat all the way to the fore, to the front. Uh, And they met up there and realized that they didn't see anyone. You're looking from behind, so you see this this figure on the aft of the ship. As soon as as they're there, they're gone. Do you say anything, Adele? I said, there! He he points. He's absolutely terrified. I want to clarify this. He looks, I mean, for a man of his stature, he's very big, very muscular. At least, like, like sexy muscular, not like crazy muscular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but at cool. the same time, his knees are buckled and he's absolutely terrified. He's just shivering. And he points over and goes, there, he's right there. What? I um, immediately whip around, uh, dagger in hand under pistol. Rambler looks up, doesn't draw a gun, is confused more than anything. But both of you return to the aft of your boat and there's nothing. And then, uh, Azazel, Dorian, and Adele, you all hear someone directly behind you say, Hey, don't you know? Ship's haunted. Uh, <laughs> who says that? Yeah? Who says that? It's Rorik, the crewman. Sorry, I, I was muted. Azazel left out a yelp as soon as that said, like, ah! 
<laughs> he, he laughs and says, What, you all look like you've seen a ghost? And Dal goes, It's not a ghost. I've seen those robes before. If it's not a ghost, what, what is it? It's something it's something magic. I'm I'm sure of it. I wouldn't be uh, so frightened if it was. I'd like to upon hearing the, the mention of robes, I'd like to make an arcana check on my own uh, on my own dinghy. Actually also, Psych, uh it's not Rorik, it's the captain. <laughs> the captain is here. We've been bamboozled twice. I got, I got the wrong <laughs> dwarf. Sorry, got the wrong dwarf and the wrong accent. <laughs> uh, the 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 beast is here, and he he chuckles and says, "We look. There's nothing amiss on the ship. It's it's just a bunch of hearsay. You're seeing things." Uh, and then he calls out, "Rambler, nothing's wrong, is it? Nothing looks wrong down here." I'm just gonna kind of like I put the knife away, but then just grab him by the elbow, not like quickly, but just kind of like take him aside. I know I fucking saw something. All right, there was something climbing on the side of the ship. Adele, where did mm, you last look. see the figure disappear to? What would you call that part of the ship? The uh, the, the aft, aft is the, the, aft. the back side. The aft, the back, the that part of the ship. It was you standing right there. I'm. I'm Blink of an eye, but you, it's very clear. I'm I'm sure of it. Where do you where do go? go? I don't I don't know people when they disappear. I'm pretty sure they're trying to go somewhere else that you're not supposed to see. I think Dorian is going to wander over to where the the figure supposedly was last seen towards the aft. Yeah, you're you're all standing on the stern castle, the the butt backmost part of the boat, kind of looking over the rail. the The figure was between here where you guys are all standing. And there's this thin rope that goes over to the stern of the Rambler's little dinghy, his little boat. And it was somewhere along there or on on the Rambler's dinghy that they were. Dorian's going to just keep an ear out, uh, especially maybe he could hear the similar sounds to what he might have heard in the kitchen. So you, yeah, you're, you're all dumbfounded. And then you hear, uh, you hear the like below decks hatch open and someone very groggily say, uh, is everything all right? Is is something wrong? I heard, <clears throat> Mister Beast. What are you doing up? It's it's night watch. And wearing a shift like a nightgown, up climbs Lucinia, the chaplain. So she usually wears a starred cloak, correct? She is often seen wearing the cloak of a follower of the Maker, all starry nights and. Uh, yeah, so Rambler, you, you were asking, yeah, she she usually wears the uh the robe the robe that flickers like stars. So right now she's in uh like a like a one one piece full body white gown mm-hmm. that's usually worn under the clothes of religious folk. She looks she looks deathly tired. She looks like she just rolled out of bed. And she says, um You don't need me, do you, beast? And he says, I'm not sure. You consecrated the hold, right? And she says, I was going to do it tomorrow. Mm. We'll do it first thing. And he looks at the rest of you. Well, if you saw something, you saw something. We might talk about it more tomorrow. Um, Adele, Adele, Adele just tr- shakes off the, the shivers and is like, I, I, I need another cigarette. And climbs out of the boat. I'm just going to oh, take that- one quick look around and then I'll put away my weapons and start climbing back up onto the ship. I think we're gonna end up sleeping in here tonight. 
I'll, I'm going to uh, keep watch up on that fucking crow's nest still. I'll make sure it doesn't climb back up on ship wherever it was. You watch your own ship. Boat. Sounds good. It's really big enough to be a ship, I suppose. Anyway, semantics. Good night. Uh, Joe, for where it disappeared, mm-hmm. like, if there's any floor in her walls, I think Dorian's going to press his ear against it just to see if he hears voices or anything, like, again, the kitchen. Uh, no, not, not really. You'd have to, to go to where it disappeared, you'd have to climb down the rope to the Rambler's little boat, and you don't think you want oh, to. Oh, okay. There. Got it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't trust trust myself to climb down there anyways at this time of night with no light. <laughs> sure. So he's just gonna shrug and head back over towards the others are. So with that, you return to your watch. And the rest of the night passes uneventfully. I think oh, oh, there is something that I think Dorian is going to mention um, mm-hmm. when he gets back towards Adele and uh, Zazel. Uh, he says well, Maybe next time we're on watch, we can set out some nutmeg or something. According to the cook, that's what the ghost likes. <laughs> nutmeg. That's a little weird. Why would a ghost want nutmeg? I don't think it's a ghost. Oh. Uh, what do you think it is? He shrugs and says, could be anything. Really. I mean, didn't they say that the Great Sky Ocean had all sorts of mysteries? Maybe this is one of them. Uh, I suppose, but I I don't know. It's possible. Why would it be bothering to Starship, though? It doesn't make any sense. You have to assume it's haunted. If it's it's a Starship, it's weird. We don't know exactly when it started. Maybe there is a stowaway. Uh, Lucinia, who who is just about to go back to bed, um, turns back and says... There are evil spirits that lurk the waves. You should all be on your guard. There are things that lurk the night. The <clears throat> they are opposed to the maker. They you you've all heard the stories, I'm sure. Just just be careful. Hey Joe, have I heard the stories? <laughs> you've possibly read about them. Ghosts, things that go bump in the night, things that steal food from your windowsill, etc. I'll uh, respond to what Dorian was just saying, and I'll say, um, I don't think it was a stowaway. Uh, could could you could a stowaway do what was just going on? That thing was like walking through walls. I mean, magic. That gets a hard look from Lucinia, and the captain raises his bushy <laughs> eyebrows and says. I think at the work. <laughs> Dorian oh, yeah. raises his hands in surrender and says, "Just a suggestion." I, <laughs> I ain't ruling it out either. Just get back to work. All right. Do, do, do. <laughs> The next day, around midday watch, you've, you've all had your lunch of reconstituted salt pork. Or sorry, not reconstituted, just salt pork and ship's biscuit and plenty of beer. Most of, or all of you are on deck when the lookout calls, calls a ship in the distance. They shout, sails on the horizon! Slim, of course, you are currently helping the navigator check your sea charts. You're right now in a highly patrolled shipping lane. Slim is currently mulling over the charts with the sister. 
taking advantage, though your ship isn't quite as good as a square-rigged vessel in doing this, you're taking advantage of some of the trade winds and currents that move south to north, kind of east, and the, the captain comes up and he pulls his spyglass to take a look and says, Slim, Slim, you recognize this vessel? And he hands you the spyglass. Uh? You take a look? Yes, question. Yes. Do I recognize uh, this vessel? Well, because I have favored enemy humanoid, I have advantage and wisdom, or survival checks to track favored enemies, as well as on intelligence checks to recall information about them. Yes. Would this count as, like, the different factions? One hundred percent. Cool, cool. Because otherwise I have plus zero to history. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think with that class feature, you don't have to make a roll here. You look through the spyglass, you take a good look at the ship, and you know what there is to know about it. It has the sails and is flying the flag of the Radonian Empire. It appears to be an Imperial Navy ship with a full gun deck. Uh, so it's like a it's like a frigate, a like a sixth rate ship of the line. It's 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 a it's a war vessel. It appears to be returning south, probably to the Southern Sea proper. You guys are pretty north by this point. It's been a week, getting close to the reach, and it has altered course to move towards you. Oh fuck! All right, uh, hold on. I'm just writing up. A- Notes what uh what empire is it from again? The Radonian Empire, which is the it's the main it's the main sea power of landfall. It's actually the main empire of landfall in in general. Its its main contenders are Carthage, which is a continent next to landfall, Veristensen and Margulis, which are both also continents next to landfall, and Thanderal, which is a separate island nation to the north in a location called the Eternal Night. It's kind of the England of this setting. It's real, real big, real expansive, uh, trying to trying to be an empire, basically. Uh, and it's it's where you guys are all from. Well, Captain, we got good news and bad news and more bad news. So that's uh, good news lied. first. I lied. We don't have good news. That's a Redonian uh, Navy vessel, and they're heading towards us. Shite! What do they want with us? We. We're a proper ship. We got our papers and everything. Uh, helmsman, set a course. And he turns and, and says, well, we'll meet them and see what they want. Can't be anything good. Uh, everyone, uh, crew, attention. And he kind of calls to the rest of the crew. He stands on the uh, slightly raised stern castle, puts his hand on the rail, and calls out, We are on the trade ship HMS Queen Marie. We were delivering letters from the frontier to Port City, and we are coming back under the command of one Captain Renfew, and he points at himself. Am I clear? Yes, sir, Captain Renfew. Renfew or Renfew? Renfew. Renfew. Whatever you want to pronounce it. Not my accent. I dare say, shall we change our accents as well? If you so please, I I think most of you sound Radonian enough. I mean, e- even a- Adele here is from a section of the Empire. Yeah, that's too much work. All right, <laughs> all right, just just stay calm. They they probably it's just probably a routine inspection, nothing special. Turns and out it was everyone... not a routine inspection. Fuck, I have cake in my mouth. And it was something special. Everyone tries to remain <laughs> calm for the next hour while the ship closes on you. 
the captain does not call hands to battle stations. He does not order you to do anything special. He just double checks that the Radonian flag is flying and he, he sails on as normal. When the ship gets close, they signal to you and you're close enough, maybe about like 500, 600 feet to shout as loud as you can across the ocean, the cloud cover to the other ship. And you hear the other ship you hear them say, Ahoy there! The captain kind of looks at you guys and says, Aye, aye! And they uh, they holler back, Captain aboard! The beast shouts, Captain aboard! They kind of pull in a bit close, and then you hear them shout, Strike your topsail in the name of Her Majesty Queen Marie I! There's a pause, and then the captain turns to the crew and says, Do it! So you guys go to strike the topsail, which is basically like unfurl it as like a salute. Crew doesn't seem super happy about it. And then the captain hollers back, you strike your topsail in the name of Queen Marie the First. And they do so. Then they, they shout back, we're coming to board. And they sidle up alongside the vessel. How are you guys reacting to this? How rigged for war is this enemy vessel? Oh, it's super rigged. It Well, it's... It's maybe a third again the size of your ship, and has three Wait, times is as many our ship. Our ship, a third of their size, or are they a yes. third of our size? Okay, or they're they're like thirty percent bigger. Okay, that that's um, three different things. But all right, sorry. Yes, they have three masts. Uh, they have a separate deck for cannons, and like at least nine on the si- on a side compared to your guys five. And you can also see like actual soldiers with muskets patrolling the deck. So you're saying now would not be a good time for you to explain to us ship-to-ship combat rules using the DocuSend? That would not be a good time. So they they come up alongside and they order the, the ships to, to connect and uh, a gangplank to be sent over. A man strides over, looking very imperial, prim and proper, a member of the Royal Navy. And he stops to inspect the ship and then looks and says, Where be the captain of this lovely vessel? Captain Renfew strides up and says, Aye, that would be me. And he says, I wish to talk with you alone. And they move to chat. The rest of the ship, a complement of soldiers, kind of walks on board and starts looking around. How does the party react to this? Uh... The Rambler just looks cool as a cucumber. He starts trying to strike up some conversation with the other sailors that just got on. It's like, so where you been? Where you been from? Where you heading back off to? Back off to landfall? <sighs> One of the soldiers looks like he's going to reply, but then stops, and a a person in a much nicer uniform steps off the boat. It's or steps off their ship onto yours. It is a woman. Uh, she looks like maybe a lieutenant, and she has a a lovely polished cavalry saber at her hip, and she says, Yes, as a matter of fact, we are on our way to landfall for resupply. You see, we were on patrol and were blown off course. I'm sure you good citizens of Her Majesty's Empire wouldn't mind if we requisitioned some supplies from you as a friendly vessel. Well, as long as it's not too much, we're just heading off to the uh, Apocalypse Reach, so could be a death sentence if too much gets taken away from us. You know how it is. Dangerous up there. She gives you a mirthless smile and says, Yes, we know how it is. And she turns to turns to the, the other party members and the rest of the crew and says, 
So what is your business here exactly? You don't look like a cargo vessel for long-haul voyages, and you're out in the middle of the ocean here. I'd I, I, I mistake you for a, a cutter, agile, for shallow, shallower waters. Um, yeah. Um, We're delivering some letters. Yeah, for for Captain, um... Oh, come on, the vessel's built for speed. Um, Captain... Where it has to travel fast. Dorian whispers to him, Redfew. Yeah, they're new here. And Dal on the side just goes, I literally am just here so I could meet you, you pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I came all this Uh, way, it's very nice to meet you. Slim is up on the hoop deck, observing all of this. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think I would make it, sir. Adele, she gives you this this look that's like, oh god, and uh, tur- turns back to to the rest of the crew and says, "Yes, yes, I can tell you're new, of course. Uh, yes, rigged for speed for a vessel delivering letters on a long haul without square sails. I, I'm sure there's plenty of a reason for this. And if if I'm mistaken, uh, uh, when the captain comes back, he may be able to." Identify that this is a uh, an ex sloop of war. Probably. Is that your natural hair color? <laughs> Gives you another look, <laughs> like a glower, and she says, "Well, you obviously know more than the captain would." And turns to her. Uh, like, his only response to that is just a really like 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 cheeky smile and a wink. <laughs> Shitty grin, cheeky bugger. The uh, the lieutenant sighs and says, "Well, I guess you wouldn't know more than the captain." Uh, all right, men, search the hold, see what supplies they have, and skim off anything you like. And they, like a, a contingent of like five of them, go to move down below decks, and oh, two more be- stand on either side of her. Uh, with before they start walking towards there, I wonder there, if they're going to uh, the ghost. Yeah, I was going to say, before they start walking towards there, I think Dorian, like, has this big grin on his face, and he says, Be careful. Ship's haunted. Real quick. They look spooked. They they look at you, and they're like, What's he talking about? It's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. All right. Haunted? It could be one of those ghost ships. And they're, they're like, muttering to each other and, like, keep looking over their shoulder at you. Uh, Azazel, do you have something you were going to say? No, but, like... No. I, his eyes are really wide. Highly fair. They're gonna fucking take your supplies. The The lieutenant kind of crosses her arms with this self-satisfied look, and the rest of the crew kind of start going back to their business looking rather upset. Does anyone else want to do anything? Like, w- do you want to go talk to them, Slim? Part of me says yes, but the other part of me is like, mm, should I make the lie more complicated? <sighs> Yes, always complicate more. Kind of know what I might want to do. Yes. I think Dorian is kind of going to wander a little bit. uh, Keep some distance um, away from the the folks that are heading towards the the hall area and just kind of making his way casually, kind of keep an eye on them. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um Drop into the kit- the cook's kitchen real quick. Okay. They're doing all this. If given opportunity, if there's not many people around, I don't know if that's the case, or if they're not paying attention to him, I think I- he'd like to try something. What? Do you- are you going to follow these soldiers below decks? Not necessarily. I mean, the entrance. 
towards where the hold is? Would that be below deck? Yeah, the the hold is the bottom deck of the ship, uh, and you're on the top deck right now. Uh, So they'd have to, like, go down a hatch, move a little, go down, like, another little hatch with a staircase, and they'd be down in the hold with all the barrels and stuff. Would they need assistance to travel down? I don't know if it's built the same for every ship or if they'd automatically know, because maybe I I think Orion would volunteer showing them. You can certainly volunteer, but there are five of them, and they open up the first hatch and, like, look down, look at each other, and start climbing down. Okay. Unless you, yeah, do you approach them and are like, would you like to be shown to the hold? He 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 approaches them and says, if you'd like, I could show you where the hold is. Isn't there a ghost? Aren't you afraid? He shrugs and says, um, you get used to it after a while living in the ship. And you want to show us to the hold? Yes, just in case something happens. Uh, they, they both glance at each other. Can you make a persuasion check? It won't be too hard. Okay, let me get my dice ready. Thirteen. They they look at each other, and then one of them kind of shrugs, and the other smirks and says, Sure, you lead the way. Okay. He is going to start leading them down towards the hold area, and I'd like to try something once we get near the hold, if there is a lighting system of any sort down there, if I can attempt to do it sneakily. Okay, so you, yeah, they get down to the crew deck, and then they're like getting down to the hold. The hold isn't very well lit. There's like a tallow burning candle in a little glass case sometimes, and like there there's a lamp that get there's a gas lamp that gets lit and unlit, but it's not really well lit. But in here, in the uh, in like the crew quarter, in the little space between the main deck and the hall, there are like lamps burning. You can you can try something. Okay. Uh, if there's one closest towards the door of the hall, and if there's not there. I would like to try to cast a spell secretly. Um, Do I have to roll for anything, sleight of hand? Because otherwise I'll just tell you what, the spe- what I would like. Does the spell have verbal and somatic components? It does have verbal and somatic. So you would have to both whisper it and do the sleight of hand. I would like to have him ask a question first before he tries to go and whisper. So okay. that potentially they can speak while he does it. He asks, where exactly are you guys going for landfall like what mission were you on you know what we were doing they turn to look at each other and they say what does it matter to you and as he says that i think i'm gonna go and quick attempt to use a spell so oh it works (laughs) uh where the heck did my dice go i literally just had it shit oh there it is okay i'm rolling pretty bad today a nine yeah it's not the greatest but okay Apparently, I'll tell you they they aren't paying very good attention either. <sighs> okay. And uh uh they they notice but they don't notice what you're doing. So one one of them says uh hey what's that you said? And they they like all look at you and what happens? The light that is the closest to the hall suddenly flickers out instantaneously. The room grows considerably darker and they all like turn around and look. Starts heading downstairs. Yes, okay. The, the rambler, you you like climb down the hatch. Dorian, do you want to do you want to put out the other light too? I can do it like infinite. Yeah, it's a cantrip. Yeah, you you want to put put out the other light too? You want to plunge everyone uh, into darkness? He he says, uh, I I thought I heard something, but they all look at the lamp and then look back at you and say, "What are you playing at?" And then the rambler comes down. Hey, saw the light go out. Did anything? And then I'm gonna fall over. 
uh, and and scream as if something just grabbed me. And while I do that, I'm going to mage hand one of their legs. <laughs> oh my god! Alright, uh, does, uh, does mage hand- mage hand has somatic components, I think? Yes, mage hand does. Uh, it is verbal and somatic, so my, the verbal will be the sound of me screaming. Okay. Uh, slide a hand that shit for me. Uh, can I say that I have advantage due to the darkness? Speaking of which, I have dark vision 120 feet due to a oh, shit. Dorian only put out one lamp, and there are two in this uh, in this section of the bulkhead, um, or in, in in this section of the hall. But it is dim. So, so... so let's, let's say if Dorian was to put out the second one right as this happened. I could certainly try. You want to do it, Dorian? Yeah! <laughs> Boot the shit out of Let's do this! Could, could I help by shouting? Because he did say he screamed. Alright, Dorian, make a sleight of hand check. At advantage or regular? Straight through. At advantage because you're being assisted. Ooh! The second roll is much better. Uh, it is a 19. Okay. And the, the other lantern goes out. Uh, it's now quite dark. There's still light in here due to a skylight in set in the roof of the set in the main deck so that a little bit of light comes into the hall, but it's it's very dark inside of Ship's Hall. Um, and now I will make a sleight of hand check for the uh, mage hand coming out. Also at advantage. This is a 17. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you do it successfully and the result is you hear screaming and then gunfire. Uh, a gun goes off in the small and confined space. <laughs> you are all temporarily deafened. I am on uh, the ground, so hopefully any any chance to hit me would be a disadvantage. Got it. Um, Unfortunately, you're next to the gun power barrels. <laughs> <laughs> the ship when explodes. It goes off, Campaign when it goes off, all you hear is Adele's like, shouting French gibberish, just putain, pourquoi? But he's just like, <laughs> like all just nothing you understand, but it sounds a absolutely- nonsense. Thank you. Chetien. <laughs> Chetien. Shitty on. Shitty on. The gun goes off. I'm gonna roll something real quick. No one is injured, but you do hear a like splintering noise and like some some wood splinters rain down on you guys. Uh, uh, you hear someone scream, "It's Gobby!" And uh, a, a, another person shout shout, "I'll get it!" And then, like, a wet thud and a whacking noise. Dorian and the Rambler, what are you doing? Oh, the Rambler, you can actually see what's going on. Uh, one of them fired their musket into the air. The other is the one you grabbed, and he's on the ground, like, thrashing about. And the and the third uh, shouted, I'll get it, and raised his rifle like a club and just beat the one flash- thrashing around on the ground. Uh, Dorian is going to it be back. So... <laughs> So, Rambler's just gonna keep on screaming as if he's being attacked. Okay. I don't know Dor- if this is a performance role or anything, but I just want to continue sowing confusion towards them, uh, and then by the end of it, I'm gonna say, gotta get out of here! It's never been this bad! <laughs> I think what Dorian is doing while you roll for that, Dorian is slowly backing up. He's completely- he's deafened at this point, and is kind of stumbling almost towards the wall, because he is a bit disoriented with the loud gunfire right next to himself. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can barely hear yourself. Uh, the Rambler, when you shouted, you could barely hear yourself talk. Uh, but you, you could still shout the words, obviously. You can still talk just fine. Yeah, like you're, you're stumbling about the, the 
the room smells of like smoke and gunpowder, all of a sudden the hatch above you opens and it's flooded with light again as someone opens the top deck hatch and a bunch of guns are pointed down. Hmm? I dispel mage hand. Got it. Even though Uh, um, it's invisible. (laughs) Just in case. It's not going to run it. Uh, a, a bunch of guns are pointed down, muskets, as the as the lieutenant and her entourage appear looking down. Uh, wait, 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 Mage Hand isn't invisible unless you're, uh, unless you're the specific type of not. rogue. Yeah, it's, it's a spectral a hand. It's a spectral hand. You're only, right, you're totally right. Yeah, only if you're that well, specific good, type of rogue. It's a good thing you dispelled it. Arcane Twixter. Uh, okay, so, so the, so Adele and Slim and Azazel, or no, uh, yeah, Adele and Slim and Azazel, you guys are all still on deck. Do you guys, like, run up to see what's happening? Yes. Yeah, as soon as the bullet comes through the fucking floor... Yes, uh, a, a bullet does puncture the deck and fire up into this guy. No. Slim's just gonna be like, ah, fuck. And he's just going to jump down from the poop deck and run over. Not pulling out the gun, but readying, like, hand on hilt. Not hilt, handle. Yeah, you, you've, you've got, like, your hand hovering over the holster. Adele and Slim, you both arrive at the same time as the lieutenant and her uh, her crew, who are all now pointing guns down. The light shines down on Dorian, the Rambler, and five very confused, very terrified soldiers. The uh, lieutenant says, "What did you do?" And they they all like look at each other and say, "We we, we were attacked." And uh, the lieutenant points at the Rambler and Dorian and says, "Arrest these two at once." If I can roll off this performance roll a bit more, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be in fetal position, kind of mumbling to myself about, oh my gosh, the ghost got me. Yeah, Dorian is now against the wall right now with his hands next to his e- ears as he's trying to get his hearing back. Slim's going to, at this point, step in. Hold up. Hold, was it Lieutenant? Yes. Was it, hold you, up, Lieutenant. You don't know her name, but you know her rank. I can vouch that we've been having some supernatural problems as of late on the ship. I hope that it would be fine, but apparently I was wrong. Adele, we're, ha- we're having Adele, our... Uh, yeah. Yes, there is something that is completely out of this world supernatural going on. I, there's just no way to explain it. You can see um, clearly that our men, much as yours, are just as frightened. Uh, she gives you like a like a scowl and says uh there are no such thing as ghosts on this ship uh and um or sorry she she says there are much more frightening things out here than ghosts don't waste my time and she then looks down at her men who are all like super rattled and like stumbling around and one of them is like lifting the other one up who he was just beating with his uh with his gun she she says um she says, what are you waiting for? Arrest them! And uh, one, one of them like stumbles over and tries to start pulling you, uh, pulling um, the Rambler up onto his feet. Oh yeah, no, I'll come. I'll just be very scared about it. Dorian and the Rambler. Yo. Yeah. Do you share like a knowing look? Or or, do you, or are you... I, is I, think, the, I think... Is the little bit like, you did, you hide it from each other? chance we get, like... Uh, Maybe when we're just looking at each other, Rambler has an eyebrow raised to Dorian. And then it's like a nod of approval. Dorian just has a full-blown poker face. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, uh, it, it doesn't take long for Dorian and the Rambler to be to be hoisted back up on deck, and like you're, you're both grabbed, like, 
two men apiece by like the arms and like held up uh, in in front of the lieutenant and the captain, Sir the Beast, Captain Renfew, walks out looking absolutely flabbergasted and is followed by uh, the captain of the naval ship, who's looking concerned. And the Captain Renfew says, What the hell is going on here? And the lieutenant turns and says, It appears your two crewmen here decided to see fit to attack my soldiers. And, uh, they wouldn't attack anyone. It was... It was captain, it was the ghost. Uh, at this point, does his hearing come back? At least in yes, part? Yes, you, you, you guys yeah. can hear now. No one attacked anyone. They, they freaked out when the lights flickered out. It, something grabbed me. It looks like something grabbed one of them, too. Hold me down. And I'll come pipes up. Yes, this is completely nonsense, sir. One of one of your crew members just shot up in the air. Uh, I don't, I don't think that the military's crew would be that incompetent. I I do believe you when you say it was the ghost. I saw it with my own eyes last night. You're being author- authoritarian for nothing. Really, there's is ridiculous. The l- lieutenant turns to you and says, "Shut up, Achetian." And uh, she, she says, "Achetian." Uh, and then she turns to um, turns to Slim and says, "Is that so, Warden? You believe there's a ghost on this ship?" I do indeed, or at least something akin to one. Last night I was on watch. I saw something climbing on the side of the ship. Something dark, hideous looking. I couldn't get a good look at it, but it wasn't natural. For weeks we've had different crew members report hearing noises, seeing things move in the air. All from all different kinds, not just the supernatural or inclined ones that are superstitious. Know how sailors are. Uh, you want to make a deception check? Cool, I'm actually or... proficient in that. Yay. Yeah. Uh, here it goes. <laughs> Flat 15. Woo! The lieutenant's scowl doesn't move from her face, but the captain of the uh, of the other vessel steps forward and says... No, I find it perfectly reasonable. There are tales of strange things afoot in on ordinary vessels. Uh, of course, uh, a vessel on the employ of Her Majesty. It, many things could go wrong. Perhaps someone snuck on board who is, and he's like looking at the crew, who is in league with something else. Perhaps there is one among you who is causing this. I would not rule out a ghost. But perhaps a different kind of ghost. What do you say, Warden? Ha- have you conducted an investigation on this vessel? Well, I was doing it in secret as one of the crew members, but now that you've gone and flat out said it, yes, I have. But I haven't been able to find anything yet. And now that you say it, I doubt I will find anything. Because you've all just made my job much harder. <laughs> The whole crew, like, the mood darkened. I I absolutely. Absolutely. But. But But you also see the same thing happen. Like, the the captain seems to lose his composure and, like, reddens a little bit and stands up straight and says, Ah, right, yes, of course. Lieutenant, we're leaving. Let's let this man do his job. The two prisoners, did they hurt anyone? Uh, are you injured, soldier? And they look at each other and they say, uh, he beat me, and points at, like, one of the other soldiers, and then he says, shut up! 
and the captain shakes his head and says, Incompetence. Lieutenant, let them go. We're leaving. And he turns and says, It's good talking to you again, Captain Renfew. I hope our next meeting is as productive as this one. The, the beast grumbles, Same to you, Marcus. And turns and says, Back to your posts, men! And the captain turns on his heel, and the, the, the lieutenant gives everyone a, like, I'll be back look, whistles sharply, and uh, orders her men to fall in line as they walk back over the gangplank. After a short moment, the Imperial oh, vessel starts to this. <laughs> the Imperial vessel starts to move away, and the captain turns to the party and says, kind of quiet so that hopefully his voice won't carry over the clouds to, uh, to the other vessel. Now what by the maker just happened? I saved our skins, that's what happened. Yes, but you shouldn't have had to. Did you all stick with the story? What What was the gunshot I heard? <laughs> they wanted to uh requisition some of our goods without checking with the without checking with you. So Dorian and I took it upon ourselves to uh hinder that. We just uh, showed him the ghost downstairs. And uh, they lost their shit. The captain can't help but smile, but he says, uh, he says, they always reckon requisition something when they cut. Yeah, they could have just let them take it. Look, I appreciate the gesture. Apparently the ghost scared them off. I find that hard to believe. Well, uh, convincing. Now I've got to figure out how to get out of the lie that the crew is going to believe. The, the the crew are all, like, muttering to each other, like, is there really someone on the ship? A cultist? Is a cultist among us? Uh, and they're all, like, looking at you, uh, Warden. And uh, uh, the beast says, Slim, I, I can assume you can use your best discretion on how to move forward. Is he saying this out loud or, like, whisper? He says it out loud to you. Uh, I guess, Captain, and, uh, I believe I can. And then he turns to the rest of the crew and says, I said back to your stations! People kind of start getting back to work, but the, the party, you you all stay for a moment. Do you, do you guys have something you, you anything you guys want to say, or, uh, or anything you want to mention to the captain? I'm going to try and at least repair what little, or what, what uh, camaraderie I have with the crew. Am I allowed to place a hand on the captain's shoulder? For sure, man. Okay. He, you you place gonna... a hand on his shoulder, he's like, he's like, he comes up to your sternum, by the way. Mm. It's a pretty short, <laughs> short door. He reaches all the way up and puts a hand on your shoulder, and it's like a heavy, like, clap. Now, crew, before, while I still have your attention and before you get back to work, I will let you know, whether you believe me or not, that I do not suspect any of you being a cultist. I merely wish to save our goods from those goddamn Imperials. As well as the skins of our two fellow crewmen here. That was the best lie I could come up with on the spot. And I do not... I do not hold it against any of y'all if you still believe it. These are trying times and, well, I'm not really the most trustworthy looking. Uh, the, do you want me to roll for that? Yes, I want you to roll persuasion. The All captain, right. uh, the captain is going to assist you, so you can roll out advantage. And okay. he says, uh, 
he says, he's right. No one, uh, no one on the ship is under investigation. And that is persuasion. Huh. Oh. All right. Yeah, the, the crew, there's some discussion among them, but they take it at face value. And uh, at, after, after a minute, one, one of the crew says, that was pretty good. It was a good lie. Really Thank saved you. our hides. I've had to get pretty good at it out here. Uh, you feel like the crew's opinion of you has been boosted. Nice. Hi, hello, and welcome back to Tempting Fate. I am your imaginary friend, Jordan Page, and I play as Zazel, and I'm the primary editor. I run a channel on YouTube under the name Imaginary, where you can find a video version of this podcast with trivia and information about the production. Slim is played by Elliot Waters. The Rambler is played by Max Landy. Adele is played by Tori. And Dorian is played by Leanne. Our dum-dum mister is Joseph, and we'd like to thank you again for tuning into our podcast. I'd like to apologize once again for the audio issues that you will notice. Once again, a section has been re-recorded. You'll notice it at the beginning of the episode, or you already have. Things do improve moving forward, and I do appreciate your patience uh, with our growing pains here. The little tidbit of music that you heard earlier was from Purple Planet Music and is their piece Lurking Fear. And the atmospheric audio that you will hear at the end of the episode is from Tabletop Audio. Once again, we'd like to thank you for tuning in. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to and you'd like to support us in some way, please consider leaving a review on your podcast listening service of choice and following us over at Tempting Fate Pod on Twitter. We're on a bi-weekly release schedule, so the next episode should be up in the next two weeks here. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. The rest of the day passes pretty uneventfully. The crew are kind of in high spirits after they got away with it, basically. There's some downtime that I'd have during that day. I'm going to go and talk to the captain. Oh, okay. Uh, just kind of like, uh, it, you... it's more like kind of just shooting the shit. Uh, but it's kind of like awkward when I approach him. It's like, um, hey, Captain. Hi, lad. Uh, how's it going? Well, it's going well. Just had an interesting conversation with uh, an old friend of mine from the from Her Majesty's Navy. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, what was you that about? The same time too. What, uh, what do you mean? Nothing of consequence. He just wanted to check in. I think he recognized our vessel. Okay, but like, I didn't do anything. I well, just uh, hid in the kitchen. Oh, right. I I meant the gunfire and the commotion aboard. Oh no. Uh, I I just kind of hid in the kitchen because I didn't want to get involved in all of that. Well, that's that's quite all right. And he he kind of pats you on the shoulder and says, "I uh, uh, uh please um uh, please don't touch me." Stops. Kind of like looks at you for a minute. Uh. Will you be all right when when we may need to uh uh take another vessel? Uh I I think I'll be fine. Um it was kind of like more like uh the Radionian uh navy that I didn't really want to be around. Right. Yes, none of us here like the Radonian navy much. They they aren't the nicest folk. We're lucky we got away how we did. Could have been Big trouble if two of our crew were suspected of assaulting members of the Navy. You know you can hang for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. And 
I kind of linger for a moment and I, um, I, I, I kind of stand there awkwardly and then I, I speak up. Uh, do you know how to like, um, do you, do you play dragon's chess? Dragon's chess? Yeah. Um, dragon's chess. I know dragon's chess. Do you, do you have a board? Why I do in my captain's cabin. Would you like to play a game? He he looks like immediately like he's going to say no. Uh, and then after a short pause, he looks over at the uh, the helmsman who kind of looks at him and shrugs, and he checks a uh, he checks a brass pocket watch. Uh, he kind of flicks it open, shuts it, and says, "Why not? I got time for a game. Follow me, lad." And uh, he he heads down to the captain's cabin. So um, I don't think we really need to push forward with the whole game and all that. But uh, just as a note, after <laughs> after about three turns, it becomes pretty painfully obvious to the captain that uh, Zizel has no clue what he's doing. How well do you know the rules of Dragon's Chess, Azazel? He he is struggling to remember the rules that his grandfather taught him almost four years ago. He beats you soundly like three times in a row, uh, almost impossibly quickly. Like he does moves you didn't even think were possible. Just and like the the whole time he's like kind of conversing with you, and every once in a while he'll kind of like chuckle to himself and smile as he like takes a piece in like some impossible fashion. He must be really good at dragon chess. Uh, good job. Uh, Maker, I'm kind of embarrassed. I can hardly remember the rules. Uh, that's fine, boy. I've been playing for a long time. Maybe here we can play again sometime and I'll just get better. Set it back up and I'll teach you a few things. All right. And I'll start setting it back up. The beast teaches you how to play dragon's chess. Oh. And in the course of him teaching you, you slowly realize you're pretty sure he cheated a few times in the last games you were playing. <laughs> it takes a while. So you're, you're, you're in the, you're in the captain's cabin with him for, for a bit. And, um, yeah, like one thing that really surprises you is the captain seems like a super gruff, like rowdy dude who's like ready to pull his gun on people. Uh, when he's playing dragon chess with you, he seems like, I don't know, he kind of reminds you of your dad on, like, a real good day when he's, like, what's the word, like, personable and wants to, like, sit you down and tell you a fun story. So it's a little weird, because he's also your boss. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking that, I was like, it might be a little weird, but it's, like... rest of the day goes pretty uneventfully. No more hauntings happen. Um, Things seem pretty fine. Uh, Later that evening, you guys do hear, um, during dinner, uh, the, the ship chaplain, um... Lady Lucinia, uh, confidently telling some of the crew members, yes, the hold has been consecrated. If there was any ghost, it's gone by now. Put a salt circle down and holy water myself, it should be fine. Uh, and, and the crew kind of like saying, good, good, that's, that's good to hear. And uh, everyone feels a bit like more confident that there won't be any more ghost shenanigans till they've reached land. Hey, do I have a quick question? Mm-hmm. So, if you're a chaplain of the Maker, you're able to openly use spells. Is that how it works? No. She said, okay, she's you mentioned can, a spell can, circle can, and all this. She consecrated using a holy ritual, which is not magic. 
Oh, so hard. Uh, it, salt circles are used in new magic, but they're also used in religious rituals of the maker. When she says she consecrated this place, she's basically saying she sh- sprinkled holy water and said a few prayers. There's nothing, uh, okay. nothing that you know that's overtly magical about that, though many, many people do believe it has power. Uh, it is not viewed at all like le- Leviathan occultism or new magic. Okay, I just want to kind of get the idea because I know paladins and clerics are no longer a thing or anything, so... Nope, yeah, it, it, she could not be a paladin or a cleric, so she can't actually consecrate in the game term. She can't do that. Uh, Rambler, do you, do you like, ask her? Yeah, I want to, do I ask her anything? Or no, you, you said something, what, what was it you? No, I, I want to finally talk to Dorian. Ah, Uh, yes. I think that I invite Dorian to Mm. a part of the ship that'll be a bit more remote, less likely it'll be overheard. Maybe the foxhole deck in the in the very front, uh, yeah. which is pretty empty usually. It's where it's where Lucinia would hold her uh, daily prayers, but she isn't there right now because it's dinner time. Yeah, how do you approach uh, him? Like, hey, brother, how's it going? Something I was wondering if you could help me with over by the foxhole. Okay, I think he uh, sits down the book that he had his hands into his rucksack and follows you. There's been a. A lot of weird things going on lately, especially with that ghost going around. A lot of sightings, a lot of strange occurrences. So what was that exactly that you used down there? What do you mean? I mean, you and I both know it wasn't a ghost. If I had to say, looks like you've been making a deal with something. Or finding some other way to procure some power. Are you accusing me of magic? Accusing no telling, yes. I've been around the block, sister. I've seen how this all works. Sorry, sister. Brother. Brother. <laughs> brother. 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 I don't know if I'd take kindly to you saying that I did this and this. So then was it the ghost that just brought out two lanterns? Far as I know, yeah. Are you making a deception roll? I will, yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, his deception total is 24. 24, damn. Wow. (laughs) Did you roll? How high did you roll to get a I rolled a 19. Uh. So, so, I I think the way you'd interpret this, uh, is that Dorian believes that whatever put that out was the ghost. Got it. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if you are pretty sure that's not true. Beverly, like, cocks his head. Guess I was wrong. And, uh, walks on away. Here I thought you might have been up to something, because I could have sworn I saw something floating in the light. Well, what remained of it? Probably just a trick of the eyes. Must be. It's clear that the conversation isn't really getting anywhere to him. So he's going to just, like, well, sorry to interrupt you for a meal. Have a nice rest of your night, brother. You too, um... Ramble! Rambler? You don't mind if I call you Ramble, right? Mm. Bit of an odd ring to it, but sure. Maybe we can investigate together at some point? Just kind of check out the hold? Because something happened. Yeah. That'd be good. Okay. Have a nice dinner. 
and he's going to head over towards back towards the uh, their meal. While that was going on, I'd actually like to talk to Lady Lucinia. Uh, when whenever there's a chance, I like to pull her aside. Yeah, totally. It's it's easy enough. She she turns and says, "Yes, how can I help you?" Ah, uh, could we talk in private for just a sec? Certainly. There's a there's a spot just beneath the fox, a little foxhole deck we can talk to. That's where I usually do my prayers. Wait a uh, second. And she, she like walks over there, and as you're walking, you see the Rambler and Dorian walk past you guys the other way, and you, you kind of duck into like the um that front part of the deck. There's a bulkhead to block you from the rest of the ship. She says, uh, what's on your mind, Warden? Well, uh, know that I said that I didn't suspect anyone on the ship of being a cultist of any sort, but do you think it was actually a ghost? Because I'm not quite so sure myself. Have you noticed anything odd about any of the, uh, crew members? She looks over at the deck and then says, how well do you know that Rambler fellow? <laughs> yeah, I suppose I should have expected that. He's he's a bit of an odd one, I'll give you that, but I've been traveling with him for a little bit, and he hasn't pulled anything too out of the ordinary. He's a bit of a cheat at cards, but that's about it. You're sure? You don't suspect anything amiss about his conduct? Uh, have you seen the boat he tows back on the stern of the ship? Uh, briefly. Uh, I've seen some of the stuff he keeps in there, mostly just his own, like, personal things to remind him of home. Some junkies found along the way. Nothing that's piqued my interest. She kind of nods to herself and says, of course, and it's a warden's job to look for these things. Yes, I've, um, made, I've done my due diligence. Yes, well, I can't rightly say I do believe there's a ghost on board, but I'm not sure I believe there's anything else either. We could be dealing with strangeness of how men's minds get when out at sea for a long time. On these great expanse of clouds, people can start seeing things, hearing things, and you do know there are things that lurk in the ocean that, yes. I've seen some things in my time, things I doubt even you'd believe, but hmm. what I Ooh. saw that night, it, it didn't strike me as... A ghost, but it disappeared like one. Ghosts, as I know them, are all floaty and spooky and see-through and ooh, but when I saw it was a shadow, like a, a shadow of a man creeping up on the side of the boat. Do you mean my spine. when you were up on the deck last night? Up from the crow's nest, yeah. Best I could see was at least what looked to be a man. I was, you know, 60, 70 feet up, so. Didn't get a great look, but... Now that... That is a little worrying. You're telling me I'm the one who saw it. Hmm. Well... We'll keep an eye out. For now... For now, nothing's for certain. Yes. Although I will say that if it is one of the crew... As far as I can tell, it wouldn't be Zazel, Dorian, Dell, or even the Rambler. Because they were all on deck with me when I saw it. The Rambler was on deck with yeah. Let's see. She she frowns and says, All right. Interesting. Well, I hope you got what you were looking for. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any better information. 
That's all right. I... Just keep your eyes and ears open. Let me know if you notice anything. I have seen a few strange things in my time, though. Have you... And she kind of leads in conspiratorially. Have you ever dealt with Star Spawn in your career as a warden? Uh, I might have mistaken them for Leviathans, perhaps. What, uh, what do they look like? Almost everyone does. They, they look like Leviathans most of the time. They do things like Leviathans do things. They just, they just look a little more, and she, like, kind of gestures at her robe. Celestia. Hmm. Like, like your robe there. Yes, they... They look a bit like this fabric. It's yeah. there. If you see anything that looks like a starry night sky, but moves like a person or a creature, you let me know right away. And you don't. She pauses and like looks. Don't tell the rambler. Am I understood? Uh, I suppose you, I, you are. Come to me. And she she pats your hand. Or she she pats your shoulder with a hand and says, I know I can trust you with this. You're a warden. We're practically partners in crime, you know, the, the law and the church. Well, your arm of the law. Yes, I suppose so. Well, you watch my back. I'll watch yours and everyone else on the ship. Assuming she, they aren't, you know, one of those star spawn things, of course. She smiles and says, it sounds like a fine plan. And then she's she's ready to leave. Alright, I I open the door and gesture my hand outward. Like yeah. right this way. Is there anything else people would like to say, or is it time for next event? I would like to speak with the Ashetian. Ashetian? Do you want yeah. to speak with uh So uh Azazel? I will uh Azazel uh, he is. Um, are you on the deck? Yeah. So I'll, I'll approach. Um, I will approach Adele. He's I'll, on the deck. He is smoking a cigarette. And um, you little shit. His own business. <laughs> my cat just took and rolled my fucking d twenty off my desk. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see. roll? I'll, I'll tell you what, you what she rolled. Wait, what are you rolling? No, my cat no, rolled her cat. Dog. His cat. Fiona oh. rolled it. Yeah. Where'd it go? There it is. What was it? Oh, uh, it's a three. Oh, not and very good. Anyway, your so cat shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> back to what I was saying. Uh, um, I I know I was uh, uh kind of weird about this um earlier. I I was wondering if you'd like uh be willing to teach me the uh Shetian language. The language? Yeah. It's complete shit, but sure. Uh. Well, I, I mostly I'm just kind of looking to read it. Um, then, uh, good luck. It's easier to speak than it is to read. Oh, but I can, I can do my best. I'm not an academic person, as you can see. I'm no um, Dorian uh, Drums, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Shade. Yeah, I just kind of, uh, I, I just kind of want to learn. So if you could like. Here, I've got some uh, parchment and a and a quail. Right now. Well, uh, I think you're in your, your shift right now, and and then I guess I don't want to interrupt that. Uh, so maybe another time. 
Well, as long as you come to me, if I'm having a cigarette break, I uh, there's really no other place to corner me, to be honest. <laughs> okay. And he like blows. He just blows this huge puff of like smoke in your face. Not not in like a offensive way. Just like it comes out as he talks. Is it a smoke ring that just like makes him look like a lion? It's not a smoke ring. No, it's just a nasty. It's like the nastiest French puff that can like ever exist in life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks. I, I really appreciate. It. Bleu. <laughs> I just. I really want to. Uh, I really want to learn um, uh, how to speak it. So I, I appreciate you being willing to teach me. You know what, Azazel? What? You're a good-looking guy. You seem like um, you have a good head on your shoulders, at least at the moment. So, I'll tell you what. It was, it was like you blushing super fucking hard after he just said that. You watch Wait. my back, yeah. You make, we make a good acquaintance and I will teach you. Thanks. Uh, I, I walk away. <laughs> okay. This is a new thing I'm going to introduce right now. Azazel, yeah. put on your character sheet. There might not be an easy way to do this, but put on your character sheet a six pip clock or, or even just like write zero out of six and just put next to it learning a chetien. And every like reasonable amount of time, like every time skip where you're not really doing anything and you have a few like uninterrupted days or some a good amount of time with Adele, you can mark down one out of six and then two out of six and then three out of six. And when you get to six out of six, you will be able to no broken achetillon. <laughs> it is an easy to learn language, but you can get there step by step. And in this case, there are six steps. You probably so do yeah, that in language definitely. and just like have the name of it, but then have the like one out of six next to it. Step one, of the name. be addicted to smoking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's required. <laughs> I'm going to say after that, two days pass. Relatively uneventfully. Again, you're all preoccupied with your work. Sometimes you do hear noises in the hall, but no more things get knocked over. Thing People aren't freaking out as much. Honestly, when there's like a, like when the hall makes a loud creaking noise, people don't like jump in their hammocks anymore. The, uh, Dorian, well, while you're with Cookie, he doesn't report any stolen nutmeg again. Yeah, things things are going fine. And then you reach the reach. The apocalypse reach. Uh, and a long time since I was here. It isn't hard to spot. It dominates the horizon. It stretches from all the way as far as you can see to the right, all the way as far as you can see to the left. The Apocalypse Reach is different from the sky fields that used to be there 55 years ago. During the silence, the Apocalypse Reach kind of shattered. It broke itself apart and is now more widespread. These giant floating magenta crystals in these like small, maybe tree to small water tower sized magenta crystal shards, like pillars kind of float in in a wide dispersal above below and from side to side um everywhere are these like large floating shards it's kind of like a forest of these gently moving big pieces of crystal it's much easier to navigate than it used to be it used to be a dense collection of sharp jagged edges and you all know on your sky charts 
they have specific spots called passes. Much like a mountain range, there are specific passes that have been kind of measured out and cleaned up by the empire, by the many empires of the sky ocean, and made relatively safe to to sail through. These these passages, there are only a few of them, and they are all under strict control from one of the major powers. So like one is under the control of the Carthaginian navy, one is under the control of the Radonian navy, etc. etc. You guys are headed to the southern gate of Ellencourt Pass, which is the pass run by the Radonian Navy. It doesn't take too long, maybe like lesser part of a day, the wind is pretty with you uh, as you come up to this pass, and you can see it is swarming with ships of the line of the Royal Navy, and uh, schooners, and, and cutters of the Royal Navy as well. And of course, a steady line of merchant ships is coming through as well. It, When I say it's busy, it's ship busy, so you don't see more than like five ships, because ships don't get very close to each other. There, yeah. there aren't a ton of them here, but it is definitely more ships than you guys have seen, like, almost all trip. Um, the are spending a lot of time on the deck at this point, just kind of looking out. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is a breathtaking, mystical view that most of you landlubbers have never seen before in your lives. These giant, almost glowing magenta shards hanging above you, below you, creating this, like, field of lights and uh here you you reach the pass and the first gate it is i was gonna say as as they're walking through adele's like hmm, reminds me of the the jewelry box to my girlfriend's mother it's, yeah you have a girlfriend well ex-girlfriend i have quite a few but her mother was fairly fond of the color purple uh, it was rather weird like everything purple Yes, including her pubic hair. Uh, oh, I was going to ask if she got her hair purple, but that was a little bit more than I need to know. Thank you yeah. very much. Good day. The carpet matches the drapes. <laughs> yes, very much so. Anyway, how are we on getting through here? Oh my god. Uh, the, the captain is, is standing by the helm, and he says, Well, our papers are all in order. They shouldn't give us any trouble. They, they shouldn't give us any trouble. You sail up to this giant set of like gates that are built into the crystal, like into the crystal and structures on either side. And here you can actually see like basically man-made floating islands, very small, that house like barracks and like very small outposts that are meant to hold a garrison for the gate here. Another ship of the line, uh, a smaller one than the one that approached you, a brig, kind of sails up and they hail you they strike their topsails and um as a salute and uh when they get close they shout to you to come in slow and steady by the port port side of the gate and have your identification papers and uh, letters of passage ready you do so as the ship passes through the pass uh Ellencourt pass all of you feel this kind of strange sense of like wonderment and, and mysticality. Once you're in the apocalypse reach, it is everything. Like it is as far as you can see. 
in here, of course, you, you pass a ship or two, you aren't alone, but it does definitely feel alien and strange. During your time in the Reach, the crew is very quiet. Again, you, you have a pretty good wind. You're actually, um, you are a, a close hauled, which means you're kind of sailing into the wind, but with the type of rigging you have on your ship, that means you go pretty fast. And so you make a good time through the Reach and you're through it in maybe a few hours. It is not incredibly big, but it feels massive when you're within it. Once the crew reaches the other side of the reach, uh, the captain announces proudly, Welcome to the frontier! And uh, the, the crew kind of collectively breathes a sigh of relief. Up here, north of the reach, the long arm of the law is a little less present. The varying empires of the Southern Sea don't so much have their own lanes to stay in anymore and kind of squabble among themselves up here. Up in the frontier, you can find a lot of settlements that bow to no crown. And that means plenty of places. Pirate to do some work. But before any of that, once you guys are out of the reach, the bosun calls up to the crew and gathers everyone, all hands on deck. He says, it's time for the ritual. That doesn't sound ominous. The bosun gathers everyone, and he, he speaks of a ritual that uh, Rajanian crews always must do after they've passed through the Apocalypse Reach with uh, new members of the crew. And he says, it's a, it's a grand tradition. I'll be dressed up in costume, and everyone who is new to the crew, well... You'll have to follow my instructions. Unless, of course, you do not want to take part in the ritual, in which case there is a five silver tithe. Is anyone not interested? And he kind of looks around at the group. Uh, all of you, all of you party members are up on the chopping block. Do, you, do any of you... What is a tithe? It means paying them five silver coins. Oh. Do you want to jump through the hoops of fire or whatever they have set up or pay them five silver? I don't actually have any money, so... This old man's gonna sit this one out. Uh, and Rambler goes ahead and gives him five silver. What does the ritual consist of? That's for me to know and you to find out, kid. He looks at you, Rambler, and he gives you, like, a kind of, like, disappointed look, and he says, alright, if you say so. And I... takes, takes your money. And the, the, the rest of the crew are kind of like, "Ah, oh, come on. Can I, like, see an inside check to see whether or not this guy the has this kind of air of oh, I can't wait to see them basically embarrass themselves. Kind of like one of those hazing things. Sure, make an make a insight check. Okay. Nat 20. <laughs> uh, he doesn't seem malicious, but he definitely seems like fully aware that those taking part aren't going to have a great time. Dorian, I think, stretches a bit and says, I'm going to go and put in the five sil silver as well. He gives you a look and he says, no, come on. You're a, you're a midshipman like me. You're up here in the rigging with us. Are you not going to take part in the ritual? I mean, the Rambler, that I can understand. You know, he spends a lot of time with the captain. He has his own thing in the back. But you, come on, Dorian, I've been training you up for so long. You sure you want to miss out on this? While they're talking, I'm just going to walk up, place five silver in his hand and walk away. 
He he silences, of course, the warden. Um, I don't want to be up here alone. He he says, uh, "I believe in y'all. You you can you can handle this." I think that a uh, rambler is going to take Slim aside and have a have a bit of a chat, like off in the. We're gonna go up to the crow's nest. You you hear you hear someone shout after you. Come on, warden, have some class. Does it really matter if we pay the five silver? Look, that's more of a loophole. I've had to go through more hazing rituals in my time than I care to admit. That's my excuse. <laughs> Y'all youngins get to have your fun. He the 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 bosun puts his hand on his hips and says, "We're inducting you into the crew." I thought I already was part of the crew. Wiggles his eyebrows and says, not quite yet. He raises his brow. There will be a drinking afterward. And if I pay the silver, I don't get the drinking? He shrugs. Uh, Dorian. He looks to Zazel. Why are you, um, so adamant about not doing it? He murmurs to you. I get the impression that this is not going to be a fun time for us if we go through with it. Oh, I'm just kind of stuck. Um, I don't actually have any money, so... Um... Have fun! <laughs> have fun storming the keep! He looks to to Azazel, looks back to the bowman, looks to Azazel on sides, and he says, fine. He says, glad to have you on board. Adele, do you want to take part in this ritual? It, it looks like the crew really wants you to. Yeah, that's the thing. So Adele, he looks around, he's like, really? Everyone is willing to pay that kind of money just not to go? That's, it seems like just so much to ask, yeah? I would never... Yeah. As a man, uh, as a, as a man of, of savings, I never spend any kind of money like that. At least for that kind of thing. But usually, no. I will come with you. The money doesn't really matter. What matters is we all done it. So it's your turn. Rambler, the warden, I mean, they got their own stuff to worry about. I can understand it. But you three, come on, we've been through a lot this week. I will I will come with you. All I right. Like little, I like a little fight. I need a little bit of fight in my adrenaline anyway. Oh, great. You're going to fucking love this. Of course, you guys aren't the only new crew members, so a, a few other people come in as well. No one else pays the five silver tide. So you see among you, it's it's you three, as well as a red-headed dwarf named Rorik that Adele has already met. This uh, striking red-headed half-elf woman who has this regal demeanor. And um, a man none of you have really talked to yet that has curly black hair, who you're pretty sure is the ship's surgeon. Uh, so the bosun leaves, and Lucinia comes out to watch, just kind of has her arms crossed and a smile on her face. And when the bosun comes back, he has this kind of frankly terrifying carved wooden mask. It has a jack-o'-lantern face on it, so like this wide grin and eyes, and he's wearing a mop head over his head. He has in one hand a wooden sword, a wooden cutlass made for like fencing practice. And in the other, a bucket of tar. A few crew members also run up and set down some buckets of cloud stuff. That swirling cloud from the sky ocean. And everyone gathers around you guys in a circle, tight circle. So it's, it's just you and, and the bosun in his weird mask, this uh, mop head. And he spreads his arms and shouts, 
You stand in the presence of the Maker, and he comes forth towards uh, Azazel, who's leftmost, and he points at you with his wooden cutlass, and he says, Do you kneel before me in my splendor? Uh, sure. And I'll, um, kneel. He says, Ah, good fellow. It is wise to do so, for you now have my blessing. And he dips a finger in the tar, and he draws the uh, seven-pointed star of the maker on your forehead. Uh, I, I visibly shiver. And he says, And thus, ye are blessed! And then he swipes down and strikes you across the back of the neck and the shoulder, and shoulders with the wooden cutlass. It lays you flat, and it hurts. Oh! Uh, and it... It doesn't actually injure you at all, but, like, it's the shock. And then immediately afterward, two of the crew members run up with this bucket of, of cloud stuff and just dump it over you. You feel a wash in this cold mist, and it smells foul, and, and for a minute you can't really think. And then, and then they pull you up out of it, coughing. And uh, the, the crew members pull you out, and they're, they're laughing, and they're patting you on the back. Uh, and then he goes up to Dorian, and he says, you stand in the presence of the maker. Do you kneel before my splendor? He kind of squints at him and says, theoretically, if I don't. Well, that would be most unwise. You want my blessing, do you not? Doesn't really look much like a blessing. I assure you it is. This very crew is under my purview. And as we have passed into the great unknown, it is in your best interests to bend the knee. I think he kind of just folds his arms and keeps standing. Is that defiance, I see? The maker never did much for me. Well, you'll find this crew under his watchful eye. We we like you to stand with us rather than against us. All right, boys, get him. And uh, two two men just kind of run up and like grab you uh, and drag you down to the ground. Uh, hey, Joe. I think Tim getting grabbed and suddenly shoved down has an unintended effect. Uh, right. Okay, what effect would that be? Uh, I'm going to whisper it to you. Uh-oh, Dorian. Dorian, the character. Okay, there you go. The character that lasted only two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. He was handsome, but he was too independent. It's a ten-foot cube. Each creature in a ten-foot cube. Wisdom saving okay. throws. Got it. Bye, Dorian. <laughs> I I have this something that What's I don't What's the DC? Think- the DC is a solid, I think, a 13. Okay. This is something he doesn't have quite control over. There's a moment as you're dragged down and pulled to the ground. I think, hear... like, I, I, wait, before you go into it, I think, like, he almost, he starts freaking out and starts trying to tug his arm away, um, like, physically, like, as, almost as if he's just fearful of something else. As you're dragged down to the ground, you briefly hear this like screeching noise in your head and your vision goes blank and you you feel like you see something moving, like some pattern, and then it snaps back and, and everything's fine. And you hear uh, one of the crewmen next to you who who uh, grabbed you and pulled you down just screams a blood-curdling scream and starts spasming on the floor and the bosun, like, you can't see his face at all because he's wearing a mask. But the bosun very quickly takes the cutlass, like, dips it in the tar, and clubs you with it. And this ain't no, like, gentle whack. Uh. 
as this is happening, uh, like while he's being grabbed, Dorian screams, "Let me go! Let me go!" Uh, eighteen to hit. Yep. All right. Uh, with, with a very solid thwack, you see stars, and you smell the bitter smell of tar, and uh, uh, there's a pause as everything is silent, and you just hear this like someone screaming and like gasping in in fear. Um, what everyone else sees is Dorian goes down and one of the crew members who grabs him like screams and scrambles backward and starts like clawing at the air and panicking. Uh, you see the bosun very quickly move over and just like whack Dorian and then go over and, uh, uh, grab the, uh, the crewman and put him in a chokehold and choke him until he's unconscious. And he kind of falls to the deck and he says, uh, surgeon. And then he turns back to the other crewman. Dorian, your, your vision is starting to come back. Like, you're still dazed. You just were hit in the head really hard. Uh, and, and this guy grabbing onto you is like, what was that? What the hell was that? And the, uh, the, you, you look up and you see the bosun standing over you and looking down. And he pulls the mask up and says, yeah, yeah, you don't have the maker's blessing. <sighs> By the maker. Uh, sorry, uh, here. And he holds his hand out to help you up. Do you, do you accept it? I think Dorian uh, says, I, I need a moment. And he he struggles to let, his own let, feet. Let him go, Doyle. Let him go. And the, the crew member next to you like lets you go and puts his hands up. Everyone is watching you. Dorian's like heavily breathing for a few seconds as he tries to calm himself down. And he sees if the guy has his hand outstretched. He's still got his hand outstretched for you to take it. He says, He's- are you all right, lad? Yes, he 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 grabs hold of it and says, "I don't like to be grabbed suddenly." Wow, that's too bad. And he helps you up and kind of pats you on the back. And he looks at the <laughs> rest of the people, and then all of a sudden he's like back in character, and he says, "You see what happens when you ignore my blessing." And he kind of like pats you hard on the shoulder, Dorian, like a like a kind of friendly like whack. Dorian moves away from him. You should, like wince or like would you step away? I think he winces and and like tries to get out of his reach a little bit. You may one day accept my blessing, sailor, and he points at you. And meanwhile, like the the ship surgeon like moved over to the dude that the bosun choked out and is like checking him and like making sure he's all right, uh, giving him some giving him some water. And the the bosun just moves over to to Adele. Adele, you're standing there watching all this, and he says, uh, "Will you bend the knee to the maker?" Adele, Adele is like, it was a very clear. It wasn't very clear that magic was used. Is correct, right? Uh, no, but something real weird happened to the dude who grabbed Dorian, and also the other sailor who grabbed Dorian and the bosun seemed pretty perturbed by something, but you don't know what. Uh, Adele's gonna make a perception check real quick to see if he noticed that if that it might be something more than just. I guess I'll say, yeah, he thinks he's skeptical. Um, but he also knows Dorian, so it's having his effect on his perspective of magic. And he, well, he looks at the, the bosun really shocked and he goes, uh, I'll, uh, I'll have what he's having. So you do not wish to bend the knee? Usually I don't really get on my knees for anybody. <laughs> He looks oh he looks god. over at Dorian. Oh my god, that's so sexually charged. And says, <laughs> Well, 
I suppose that's too bad. Let's see if it works this time. Get him, boys! And two men come up to grab you, Adele. What's his... Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, Adele's gonna try and persuade them by saying, mm-hmm. what is it? What is it? With, with, I, I understand that this is really important for you guys, but clearly you don't think that maybe forcing me down like this is not going to... You think that this is gonna make me see the maker? Is this really what you think? <laughs> They 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 laugh and say, uh, "All it is is going don't to worry be- about it, kid." And then just like kind of toss you onto the ground. No, no, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to handle this. No, I'm going to. He's going to speed crawl through the legs of the bosun. Uh, they they <laughs> attempt to pin you. Uh, uh, make a grapple check. Make a what? Grapple check. Grapple. Which which was. Uh, it's either athletics or acrobatics. Wow. Alright, yeah, you, you like, He's scramble out of speed crawl, speed crawl through the legs of the maker, yeah, and the, the, the two, the two crewmen kind of laugh, and one of them shouts, He's a feisty one! And the, uh, the posing... Adele goes, ain't I? And then he, like, 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 for, because like, he's on the ground, he, like, flips over, like, opens his legs <laughs> for a second, as, like, as a way to taunt them, and then closes them and get gets back up, and he goes, seriously, this is ridiculous. If I didn't, if I decide, if I change my mind, I should have the right to change my mind. The 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 boson, as you stands up, like grabs you by the scruff of the neck, not or by, by the collar, no, and then it. like, and then like pushes you back towards the other sailors and says, "Back in line." Do you do you go with it? Like he he's no. not like no, he's going okay. to leave. No, he's like this is Dude. this is ridiculous. No, you step away. Yeah, and he says, "I see. Well, you can watch from afar then. I see that two of you have rejected my blessing." And he turns to like look to the look to the remaining crew members. Dorian um, is not making eye contact with him and kind of hunched in on himself. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, by the way, Azazel, you were like pulled out of the circle and uh. uh some guys have like sat you down and are giving you uh, giving you booze. Oh, can I make a persuasion check to see if any of my words had affected anybody? Uh, sure. They don't really seem to be interested in what you're saying, though. Okay. Well, never mind. Then. I guess this well, this is some kind of cultural thing you're not familiar with. It appears. Yeah. The main. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the the bosun definitely listens, to me, and he he doesn't bother you anymore. Like he he stops. Physically trying to altercate with you, yeah. So he he looks. There there are only three more people, and uh, he goes to the first one. Is this redheaded dwarf named Rorik, and says uh, and says, "Do you accept my blessing?" And Rorik kind of looks at the other two of you, says, uh, "With pleasure, sir." And he drops to one knee, <laughs> and the uh, the bosun puts his finger in the uh, in this tar and draws the symbol of the maker on his forehead. And then says, "So be it." And then whacks him across the back of the neck with the uh, wooden sword. Two other crew members run up and dump a bucket of cloud stuff over him. He's like coughing and sputtering. They pull him up and drag him out of the circle. And then he moves to the um, the red-haired woman, and she spits in his face, and he laughs and says, "Do you accept my blessing?" And she says, "Go to hell." And he says, "So be it." Grab her! And two crewmen run up and they grab her and they like pull her down to the ground. She kind of fights him and like shouts at him. Another crewman 
walks up and hands uh, hands the bosun a broom. While they do that, I kind of want, as they grab her, Adele's going to run up and kind of cover her. With you want to like pull, pull one of them off her? I guess it was more just like grab her and go, but I don't, she's being grabbed by two people. So I think he was just going to like put himself over her. I don't know. Okay. Do you you jump into the fray? Do you, do you want to try to make an attack or a grab? Uh, I I just want, I mean, I'm, he's going, he's, he's grabbing her to try and pull her away from the two. Yeah. Okay. Make a grapple check. Uh, yeah, you, you grab her and you kind of pull her away (laughs) and she rips herself away from you too. And kind of like pushes you away from her, and uh, and kind of mutters, "What are you doing?" I just—it's wrong. I think it's ridiculous to have them force you down like that, or anybody for that matter. I don't really care who. It's just sick. She she chuckles. Unless, of course, you're into that kind of thing. She she shakes her head and says, "Things must be a lot different where you're from." And then she ducks as like someone like swipes at her. And she rears up and smacks them in the stomach, and they go, Hoo! and his crew member, she just kind of, like, belly punches him, and then, like, pushes him away, and he stumbles into the circle, and she turns and says, I serve the Maker under my own will. You're just a pretender. And the uh, bosun, like, kind of looks kind of aback, and pulls up the uh, pulls up the mask and says, you've done this before, haven't you? And she shrugs and then a few of the uh a few of the crew members kind of like grab her and drag her out of the circle and she says hey i wasn't done and then the bosun kind of like takes a deep breath and says uh adele interesting fellow it makes sense this is your first time on a ship well doesn't matter that was the end of the ritual and he kind of pulls the mask off and he moves over to dorian and dorian he doesn't touch you or anything and he says all right lad fine understand you might be a little shaken up. It's, well, it's a tradition, but it doesn't matter. You can have my run ration downstairs. But everyone, drinks are on us. Take as much as you want. And uh, he says, follow me, all of you. And uh, the, the crew kind of like, kind of like disperses and uh, uh, they all start walking down below decks. I think the last part of that scene is the rambler and maybe Slim looking over the crow's nest at what just happened. Well, I'm glad I paid the five gold. Don't have much else for clothes other than this. You saw what Dorian did there, though, right? Yeah, I saw. But, uh, I don't look exactly natural. Sure ain't kosher. Got a point there. Uh, so the the crew all starts to all starts to go down to the mess hall. Azazel, how how are you doing? Like two two crewmen uh, that pulled you out of the circle. Uh, they they were like laughing as they did so. They handed you a bunch of stuff to drink and like are patting you on the back and saying you did really well. Do you like do you accept the drink they give you yeah, and stuff like I accept that? Accept the drink they gave me. All right, yeah. They, they both got big <laughs> grins drink. on their faces yeah, and and says uh, and they and they say. Uh, I know it sucks, but it happens for everyone first time on the ship. Apparently not everyone. Yeah. Yeah, you saw that, right? Weird guy. Uh, oh, well, he's still part of the crew. I mean, I don't, pass or fail, you still, don't really still blame, get to... Don't really blame him. I don't like being touched either, so... 
oh, uh, is it like a personal thing? And they, they like stop patting you on the back. Yeah, it's, it's a personal thing. And I would appreciate it if you didn't. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, one, one of them hands you another, uh, another like. God, what is uh, that stuff canteen. that just poured over me? It's cloud stuff. It won't really hurt you. I can still it's, feel it in my nose. It's just kind of gooey and cold. It's all around us. I mean, you better get used to it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, let's just Come on. let's have some drinks. And let's head downstairs. Will, um, down the rest of whatever they gave him. All right. It's uh, it's rum and it's very strong. Meanwhile, do the others follow the crew below decks? Um, one person. Dorian, do you follow the crew down below deck? Uh, if there's drinks involved, yeah. They're all they're all talking and laughing, and uh, one of the crew members you actually recognize the, the crew member that got hit with whatever you did, but wasn't the one who was screaming and panicking. Kind of sidles up next to you and says, "Hey, I've never seen someone do that, but uh, de- it definitely worked." For, first drink on me. He looks slightly confused. Sure. He says, did you see a forest? Or a crowd? Or am I just... Sorry, sorry, it's, it's, it's dumb. I, uh, my name's Barnes, and he goes to shake your hand. Dorian eyes the hand for a few seconds and then tentatively shakes it. And he says, I'm sorry about grabbing you and everything. It's, tra- it's tradition. Some people take it way better than others, obviously. He kind of looks over at, at the bosun who is chatting with the red-haired woman who spat in his face. Um, Never seen anyone with quite the same reaction, though. Is, uh, is Frederick going to be okay? And he points at the dude who's just unconscious on the floor. And uh, the, the, the surgeon looks up and gives him a thumbs up. And he says, okay, do you know what? He was screaming real loud. You know what? No, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get you drunk. Maybe you'll tell me then. And he, he, leads, you down, he leads you down to the mess. <laughs> Adele. Yes. Everyone's going down to the mess hall. What do you follow them? Yes. One of the guys kind of comes up behind you and says, "Hey, hmm? is it really? Uh, I guess no. It is it a thing in like at a Chetien, You know, you guys don't like roughhousing or something." What makes you say that? Never mind. You want a drink? With pleasure. You're and Adele, me. right? Yes, correct. I gotta say, you're pretty strong. I mean, I I was one of the guys who who. Grabbed you. You slipped out like nothing. You think you could teach me how to do that? Well, uh, apparently, according to, if I do, that would make me, I think, designated teacher on the ship. You would not be my only student for something. But okay. Someone else learning from you? It's really complicated, and frankly, I, it's also strange to me. But you, I'm not going to say no. You're. Good-looking, yeah. handsome man. Uh... <laughs> he 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 says he raises his eyebrows and says, "You look like the type of guy who's got plenty to teach." And he kind of elbows you a few times. Well, eh, eh, eh. As long as you're a listening ear, there's no problem with me. He says, "Let's go get fucking drunk and forget the fact that you probably could have kicked my ass back there." And he he, he walks forward. <laughs> He's teaching one to be a cunning linguist and another to be a cunning linguist. <laughs> no! <laughs> Holy fuck. That's good shit. Oh my god! I don't 
I don't think I get it. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Jordan, do you remember the name of the hamster in Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart, which is Cunnilingus? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh god. Um, so the, the, while we're all drinking, as a, the more mm-hmm. alcohol as Diesel gets in him, like at some point, he's hanging from the fucking rafters upside down <laughs> from his legs. He's just chattering away about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> The crew think it's fucking hilarious. I could stay like this for hours. I did this once. I this once. I did it for this for like five hours, and it was like I was like, uh, well, I actually fainted and, and then fell, and uh, that's how I got down. But uh, it's not. Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Someone hand me a drink. I, I can't. <laughs> they, they they hand you something and say, "I want to see you. I want to see you drink it upside down." Uh, oh God. Uh. I I try. It's hold on. Let me roll a dex check. Let's see how well I do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> is it? Would it be sleight of hand or, or how would it be? Dex or acrobatics? Oh, is he drunk? Acro- acrobatics. This feels like something you'd use acrobatics for. Is he? I. I he also, said he yes, was he's drunk. drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm drunk. So I think it's uh. Is this at disadvantage as well then? Honestly, I'm gonna say it is at disadvantage. I'm sorry. I should have specified that before you rolled, but uh, you get a knot and you spill most of it into your hair. <laughs> I start choking because I can't. I couldn't take all of it, and I fall from the rafters on top of one of the tables. They, <laughs> they, they help you up, and then one of them says, "No, no, no, no! He, he doesn't like to be touched." And they let go, and they say, "Are you all right?" I'm fine. <laughs> Just a bruise, Shen. I'll be fine. Oh. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Someone have me another drink. I, I'm, I didn't get anything in that one. They both look at each other, and then someone's like, okay, okay, and they hand you another drink. It's water. <laughs> Wait, no, hold up. No! <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't recognize until you take a sip. But yeah, it's water. Not this! Uh, no, I need, no, something stronger. Uh, and then I'll grab someone else. I'll grab, like, whatever Dorian's sipping on at the moment. I'll just grab from him. Which, by the way, I think at this very moment, Dorian is also probably sloshed, and I, he... I was gonna say, how... How's Dorian doing after that? He didn't look. He, for obvious reasons, he was he was pretty perturbed. Yeah, he is uh, going. He's actually drinking heavily. I think this is the first time he really starts going ham at it. And as he gets more drunk, he has kind of like half lidded look. Maybe he's a little bit hanging off of Barnes. And um, as his drink is getting pulled away, his mouth is still trying to go towards it to take a sip. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, no." Do you want to do grapple check? Because Dorian is not going to want to let go of it. <laughs> let's contest a grapple. Let's do it. Wait, wait, wait. What do I? What do we roll then? Probably strength. Do you think, Joe? Strength disadvantage. What do we roll to us? fight over a Joe? Sleight of hand. I don't know. I don't know, man. What, like see. a sleight of hand contested with athletics. Sure. Both of you at disadvantage because you're drunk. First one was a 17, second one is a 4. <laughs> we got a Zazel beats you with a crit fail. <laughs> Honestly, no. He crit failed and you rolled a 4, so you both just dropped the drink. I think the drink just clatters I on the floor. Fall into each other or something. Yeah. You both like bump into each other and the whole crew laughs. Yeah. Or the, the crew around you laugh. So are we on the floor uh, and stuff? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Ooh, and oh stuff. God, I'm all sticky. Ugh. 
Dorian pats his cheek and says, you're right. And then uh, he flops over <laughs> on his back. Please, I don't, um, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I look away and I start looking for another drink as I get up and walk away from him. By the way, I'd like to also note that it really didn't take much of anything to get Dorian drunk at all, considering his size. <laughs> really? How much did it take? Uh, he weighs 109 pounds and is 5 foot 5. Not a lot. <laughs> uh, if anyone's watching the Rambler, it looks like he's drinking a lot, but mostly he's just giving his drinks to other people. And just mm-hmm. watching what's happening. Is, is Slim is Slim partaking much? Nah. He didn't participate in it. It wouldn't seem fair for him to be drinking them under the table. Fair enough. Okay, okay. The, the, Hang on. I got a, I got an idea. Um 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 someone someone contest me. Well, who can stand on their hands the longest and the loser has to give the winner their drink. Adele volunteers. Uh, Adele, the, the the crew member with you who who was ch- who you were chatting about. I feel like your conversation went from like how to grapple effectively to like sexual exploits. You just talked about that for a while. Yes. Um, but uh, he he shouts, "Watch out! He's pretty good." Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I don't have anything to wager. Oh, I'll get <laughs> I'll get a drink if you win. Totally lose. <laughs> Clearly drunk, and when he's drunk, he's a little more cocky. That's okay. Hold on. Um. Okay. Uh. We'll do here. Uh. Someone push two tables together. We'll like, we'll like, uh, two different tables. You take that one. I'll take this one. I'm gonna do acrobatics, but I'm gonna roll my physical dice this time because that's what I've been meaning Disadvantage. to Disadvantage. Uh, Adele, you can roll either ath- acrobatics or athletics since it is kind of endurance. Uh, I'm trying to do my math. Oh, no. I got an 11. Well, I still win. <laughs> Adele succeeds, and uh, the the crew kind of all cheer. Uh, oh. Yeah, everyone seems to be having a great time. the 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 bosun is also going around talking to everyone. He he seems he seems a little sheepish and apologetic towards Dorian and Adele since they like clearly kind of clashed with him. Uh, but but he um mentions how it's it's a ritual, you know, people, it's tradition, all that. But uh, but eventually just kind of shrugs and says, honestly, if it wasn't for the crew, you probably could have kicked my ass anyway. So here here's another drink to to Adele and then to Dorian. He looks like genuinely concerned. And asks again if you're okay. Do you answer him truthfully? He he smiles and pats his cheek and he says, I'm fine. He nods and says, you're not fine, you're drunk. That's okay, we can talk about it later. Quick question also, just important note uh, for me to decide. How stuffy is it down here? I mean, considering there's like 50 plus bodies in one area... It's it's pretty stuffy. Uh, both the hatches are open to let in some fresh air, but yeah. uh, it's definitely a lot, a lot of people in like a relatively small area. It, imagine it's it's around forty four people in Shit. in a like seventy foot by twenty five foot at its widest point. Even yeah. less than seventy foot. Yeah, it's it's not it's not very big. There's a lot of people in here. I mean, they make it work. Like you, you can you're seated at tables and stuff, and the the festivities have also overflowed onto the main deck. But like, yeah, it's pretty crowded. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Uh, Dorian then is like claps his hand together and he's like, "It's hot," and he is going to attempt to take off a shirt. All right. <laughs> I mean, the crew doesn't stop you. 
Yeah. They're already they're already a few shirtless people already. I'm gonna roll to see mm. how well I do. I do nice. actually pretty decent, a thirteen. So he it takes a little bit. I think he gets stuck at one point with the sleeves, but he pulls off a shirt and flings it to the side. And you can see his fully extended tattoo at this point, and he okay. flops down on his back. <laughs> what is what is the tattoo of? Uh intricate. It is an intricate monochromatic tattoo of a flower vine extending uh, the roots extending from his heart and going up his chest and down part of his upper arm. If you want to identify the flower, you'd have to do a nature. As he's falling over, I'm guessing survival or nature? Uh, I think nature to identify the flower. Yeah. Well, don't know it. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that when when you take off your shirt and as you're falling over, uh, Rambler's like, "That's a nice piece of oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it catches it catches attention from other members of the crew too. Yeah, one person in particular who seems kind of intrigued, kind of watching from the from a distance, is uh, the chaplain. Lady Lucinia. Yeah. Um, besides that, uh, a- after a while, the cook comes out and says, Gonna make you all one of my favorite dishes. Uh, hey, hey, Dorian, do you think you can help? No, you're... I'm gonna get some water for him. Uh, <laughs> and he, he goes away. He comes back with a little bit of the small amount of fresh water on the ship and kind of dumps some of it over Dorian's face and then hands him the rest. Uh, <laughs> uh- and... Uh, and then he he's gonna go prepare some food for the uh, for the for the people. Uh, I'm gonna wake up with one mighty hangover, brother. Wait, 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 wait. What's his favorite food? Uh, you you hear him shout, Barnes Johnson, get the crate of apples from the, yeah, yeah, get the barrel of apples from the hole. <laughs> and uh, they're like, I boss. They're two of the least drunk people. Um, <laughs> oh. Apples. I was uh, hoping for bell peppers and beef. Joe, is uh, is the smudge or the the tar still on my forehead right now? Because it's yeah, it's kind of gotten crusty. I was gonna ask because it's pro- it's been on there for a while. It's probably probably crusty and gross by now. Yeah. Uh, uh I need uh, somebody uh, um help. Uh, sorry, I can't think. Can somebody help get this off of me? Or give me a wet uh, cloth? Yeah, one. Wh- one of the one of the people with you says, "Sure, sure, I'll get a rag," and they they like kind of help you uh, scrub it off with a cloth. Meanwhile, Barnes and Johnson, two crew members, um, leave and head below decks. The rest of the crew are like chatting it up, and the drinking continues for like another fifteen thirty minutes. I think Rambler the- starts to realize that's taken a while to get some apples. Yeah, they don't come back. Oh. Uh, after 30 minutes are up. By the way, those of you who are more drunk, the crew starts to, like, sober you up. Oh, and I, if you refuse, think... they forcibly sober you up, i.e. dunking you in water. I want to move over to where Dorian is, and I'll stand over him, and I'll be like, uh, can I, uh, can I look at your tattoo? He has a wide smile and says, uh, fine. Sure. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, I sit down cross-legged next to him and start looking at the tattoo. Uh, Ooh. How much longer until they bring food? What are so they wait, making? Hold, can we can we kind of talk about what happens during the half hour before they come? Because I did I did want to get a chance to socialize before we. 
Yeah, actually, doing a thing. Actually, yeah. During this half hour, if y'all would like anyone who wants to tell a story from their past, will gain inspiration for next session. Would wait? What? Uh, can can we just I get guess... inspiration now and then? <laughs> or I mean, <laughs> right now? Yeah, you can get that too. Cool. I, I, yeah, that's why I was asking because. Uh... I did technically tell a story to crew members at the beginning of the session. That's true, but this time you'd tell it to the crew members and the audience. The other the uh, other PCs. I think when while, while everyone's still pretty out of it, I think that Rambler's going to get kind of, I, I want to say we're kind of sitting in a circle, and it's a very loose circle. Dorian's still face down on the ground. Uh, he's on his, actually on his back. <laughs> he's, he's, fa- he's face up on his back. <laughs> Probably Zazel sitting little... over him, cross-legged, looking at the tattoo. <laughs> and uh, I think S- Slim's just kind of in the corner, and Adele is probably like looking off at all the other crew members, trying to figure out who's the who's the prettiest of them all. Clearly me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Rambler says, "Never tell y'all that I was a man of the cloth once." From behind, from behind and a bit to your left, standing outside the circle, you hear Lucinia say, Is that so? And she steps forward and kind of sits down in the circle with, like, pushes a few people aside and sits down in the circle. Really so hard to believe? Nah, I followed, uh, followed Tyr for a while. Back when, well, back when the gods used to talk to us. That gets kind of a, kind of a, like, ooh, from the crowd. Like, a lot of people are, like, nudging each other. There's no way. And she, she says, yes, no, they were a big deal in their time. Let them speak. Yeah, and, before uh, the, the silence, y'all there. ever know why it's called the silence? It's when they stopped talking to us. Anyone who did anything pertaining to their magic, they give you a direct conduit. Yeah, my grandfather told me about that. He was a follower of Helm before. Met a lot of followers of Helm. Jenner, good people. Stalwart, men. Couldn't knock him over even with a full-blown wagon. Still, though, I was part of Tears. I wouldn't say Tears' finest, but definitely helping people find their path to redemption. And there's just this one time, near the end, near the end, when they decided the best course of action. You know, maybe that's too much too fast. <coughs> I'll just tell you all about the old world instead. Did you all know? You all know why they called it the Silence? Like I said, it's when the gods stopped talking to us. Almost all of the gods. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, no, Maker, Maker still let some people know they were there, but it just wasn't the same. Types of powers that they let go through you. No more of that healing. Anything relating to that, that got real dark real fast. A lot of people who used to cast, well, they turned to Leviathans. Even though the gods left the Leviathan state, and power they give came at a price. So everyone gets pretty silent and somber. Lost you, a lot of you people. see, you see, uh, Lucinia giving you a bit of a weird look. Yeah, I think but, that. But like, she's nodding. While while I'm talking to it, like my gaze ends on her last. When I say comes at a price, say a lot of people got lost, didn't find their way out. A lot of people are still lost. I reckon that a lot of the people we're going to meet out here, the dangerous ones, who knows, maybe the ones who's haunting our ship, got to deal with one of them. 
So let's just say, y'all hear any whispers in the dark? Y'all hear anything promising power? Or if you just get too inquisitive, don't let him tempt you. Lucinia kind of nods and says, uh, now that's a man who knows his stuff. Remember all of you, power never comes easy, and that that does is never good. And the, the crew kind of all mutter among each other and nod. Besides, who needs weird Leviathan shit when you got one of these? And he just takes the pistol out of his belt and starts waving it around. <laughs> there, there's some laughter, and, and but also some people like jump forward to like grab it and be like, easy there! <laughs> yeah, and, and then everyone's back to partying and having a great yeah. time. Near the end of it, Dorian lets out a burst of a giggle and then just curls up onto his side. <laughs> Wait, no, I can't. I can't see it anymore. <sighs> whatever. Uh, he he blindly reaches out and uh, taps whatever's closest to him, and he's just like, "It's fine." Yo, yo, Dorian, where'd you get that tattoo? He lets open an eye and says, "Silent Grove." Um, I'm not familiar. You wouldn't be. And he, I think, passes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. They're definitely gonna try to sober you up. <laughs> but uh that that'll that'll take a little bit. Um but yeah, they in in like over the next fifteen minutes they dunk you with water enough times and like get you to drink enough that you start feeling yourself again. <laughs> Rambler, gain inspiration. Uh and you you also definitely notice like as 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 the crew kinda like all goes back to partying after you like pulled out your pistol, everyone goes back to partying and the chaplain lady was in the kind of stands up, but she never, like, stops looking at you. She just kind of nods. She's got this, like, smile. And then she just turns away and, like, melts back into the crowd. Ramboy just kind of shakes his head and says... No, he he just shakes his head. And goes back to, uh... Goes back to... See if he can snoop in on more conversations. So, like, roughly a half hour has passed. Um, I'm gonna say, Dorian, they, they managed to wake you back up. I and, honestly um, think he'd probably be sick at this point. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, they give you like a bucket, and they're they're making sure you're okay. Where did they? Um, I'm hungry. How much longer do you think it's gonna be? They actually should be back by now. I think we should take a look. Um, Where are my goddamn apples? And I'm then, gonna go do that before the chef gets in a hissy fit. And then. Barnes and Johnson come upstairs. Oh, never mind. There they are. Wait, they don't wait. have a barrel of apples, uh, and they look at each other and they say, uh, "And they say uh, they mumble like oh, we're going to go talk to the captain real quick." And they move up the up the next ladder, and the cook shouts after him, "Hey, what about my apples?" And uh, and oh. they they say, "Don't go down there. Hull's haunted." Hull's uh. haunted. Uh, I'd like to roll inside. Joe, I'm gonna, <laughs> Joe, I'm gonna run out of the kitchen and out onto the deck. <laughs> oh, you you good as Hazel? Uh, uh just, they're totally just, hiding something. They're, they're going straight to the captain with some just, information. I, I've got to. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up over the edge. Um, do you, do you uh, run up on deck? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going sorry. to run up after them. I run off onto the deck, and then I'm going to drop into the hold from where... You you <laughs> cannot are. do that. The hold is the bottom layer of the ship. Wasn't there the a way to get down the there layer. from on the deck? Because that's how they did it last uh, time. It's closed right now. 
you you'd have to you'd have to go back down through the same room you were in. Wait, because but wasn't the, there a way? The main earlier? deck is like one she, big level. Wasn't there a way uh, down there earlier? He, he's he's asking if there's a way to go because like, the, because there the, was two ways. I went through the kitchen where, where, where earlier. Where the cargo goes. Yeah, I went yes, through the kitchen the, earlier, and then they were going through a different entrance. That's the entrance I'm looking for right now. I need to get you guys a map of the ship. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you you can move around to to a different entrance and get down. I'll yeah, but uh, it, it'll you'll be a bit. It, it'll it'll take a little. You're gonna have to jog the length of the ship. Rambo but yeah, is so go with Slim, you, but when he sees Azazel, doesn't seem to be heading off. He's gonna follow Azazel. Actually, should I make a perception for that? I, I think it would be pretty easy because basically what's happening is. Two people, like, they go up, they go above decks, Slim is gonna follow them, and Azazel also goes up, but then when you guys follow and go up, you see Azazel just, like, move down to the other hatch and drop down. Cool, yeah, uh, Rambler's gonna follow Azazel. Okay, uh, Slim, you see the two men, uh, immediately go to the captain's cabin, and they, they kinda, like, look behind them and they look at you, and they like, give each other a look, and are like, just, just talk to the captain. Uh, so and they, they go speak with the captain. Alright. You boys don't look too good. You see something down there? They, they say, uh, it's official business, Warden. Well, official business. As, wow. uh, one of the navigators on the ship, I do believe that entitles me to a bit of information. Especially if it's got you boys riled enough to uh, forget the apples for 30 minutes. What One of them says, Captain's ears only, and like opens the door, and then the other points at you and says, You don't lay a hand on him, Warden. And then they both enter the Captain's cabin and shut the door behind them. Uh, I immediately sal on up and try and listen in, readying in case, you know... They're planning to fucking kill the captain. So, uh, stealth roll, I guess? Yeah. Alrighty. Fuck. Oh no. Oh no! Ba -da -bum -bum -bum. <laughs> Knocks into a lantern. <laughs> yeah, so you you follow them and, and you hear you do hear uh, through, through the door, captain, it the warden's just outside, and the captain says, and you don't want him to hear this. And they say, no sir, we don't. And uh, the captain moves over and opens the door, <laughs> and he says, Slim, you aren't yes, bothering sir. my two crew here, are you? No, it's just that I'm curious what they spent 30 minutes in the hold and doing, and why they're so frightened. If it's a threat to the crew and everyone aboard the ship, I think I should know, seeing as I'm one of the best equipped to deal with threats. Captain's eyes kind of narrow, and he turns and looks back and says, Barnes? Johnson? Why were you in the hold for 30 minutes? And they kind of look at each other, and they look at the warden, look at you again, and the captain says, Slim, I appreciate you for just a second. Just give us a minute. And he shuts the door, and you hear whispering. Can I roll perception to try and hear it? No, they're actively they're actively trying okay. to keep you out of this. Even at disadvantage? But after a second, the door opens, 
and the captain looks red in the face and furious, and the two men look pale as sheets. And the captain says, Slim, get your gun. There's a stowaway on board. A torchlit room. It is subterranean. The walls are kind of moist stone, roughly hewn from the surrounding rock. The roof is dirt and rocks as well, and huddled around the room and moving around this way and that, and drifting here and there from tomes with large books on them, are figures wearing these cloaks, these robes that are scintillated with stars like a starry night sky. They are a different cut of robe than the holy robes you saw the priestess wear, but they're the same pattern. They flicker like stars when they move, and these men and women mutter under their breaths to each other and whisper in strange languages, and the camera pans over and we see runes on the ground and a desiccated cow's head lying in a corner, and we pass through a few of them huddled around a book, and then we see one of them leaned against a pool of water, looking into it intently, and the camera pans up, and behind him is a giant glass cylinder, and inside is this roiling, swimming mass that also shines with stars. And then someone looks up from the fountain and shouts, He's coming! He's coming! Everyone run! And everyone in the room begins to panic as the camera turns around and the door at the mouth of the cave bursts open and a warden is silhouetted in the doorway. The sun is behind him. He is a large warden. Tall and broad like a man built like a tank. His scarf flutters behind him. His hat is low over his eyes. And a revolver is at his hip. No one gets a chance to protest. No one even gets a chance to speak a word before the warden draws the revolver and holds it high in the air. With a whoop and a low roar, the revolver lights on fire. The fire is so bright, it shines throughout the room. And the camera pans away from the warden to the rest of the star-flecked people as they are all bathed in this golden light and they begin to scream and run as they are gunned down one by one. Bright shearing arcs of golden flame shoot out from the warden and every person they hit either bursts into flame screaming and flailing as they fall to the ground dying or are just disintegrated in fire, being turned to ashes that slowly float on the wind. One by one, crack, crack, crack. The robed figures are annihilated, and as they try to run and panic and stumble over themselves to get away, the warden walks further in, his long shadow from the doorway, stretching across the floor, across the ashen corpses of the people he's killed as he fires once, twice, three more times at the last robed figures trying to make a panicked escape. With a shh, the light from his gun fades 
he pops the cylinder open and ejects six casings that clatter on the ground. After a pause, the camera moves low to see the ashen corpses on the ground strewn in disarray, six bodies, and then pan up to see the warden. His hands are made of iron, and what we see of his face consists of a series of metal and stone plates and two glowing green eyes. He loads the revolver, stows it in his holster, and surveys the room. He then moves over to the fountain with the little pool that that robed figure was looking into. He looks down into it for a moment. The water is cloudy. He reaches into his long duster and pulls something out. It is a vial of blood. He slowly uncorks the vial and pours the blood into the pool. As he does so, he says in a deep, rumbling voice, The king is dead. Long live the king. The king is dead. Long live the king. Forever shall he reign in fields of bone and ash. Accept this sacrifice. With a flutter, the pool turns to pitch black. And he says, Transmission history. Runes start to etch themselves along the surface of the pool. They come swimming into view underneath the water. And he pauses and says, Show me Quizen Val. And then the camera pulls away from him and further away from him and further away from him until it is out the door and we see one lone warden standing among piles of ash with this glass tank with a starry rolling night sky contained behind it in the background.